shadow behind your head, cast by the exercise bike, which looks like a giant meat cleaver. This is scary. I'm scared to turn around now. What if there's a shadow murderer? <laughs> it comes to life when you've left the room. It's not very dangerous if it only comes no, to life. No, when you've left the room. Like, the person who can see it has to leave the room. I can't see it, so if I'm in the room on my own, it's going to come to life and kill me. Sure. That's an that? interesting horror movie. How about that? I can see it, but it doesn't want to kill me. You can't see it, but it wants to kill you. So yeah. I'm the only one who can stop it. And you, I have to direct you to make so you can dodge it. I like how you just threw yourself in there attacks. as the hero. I'm the hero of every story that I conceive of. I mean, that's just sure. basic human psychology. <laughs> basic ma- male human psychology. Ugh, the goddamn... White male gaze. I never said anything to, about white. Well, you know, we can't ever discount the importance but it is of race. White people. I guess. Gonna, I'm gonna lie. Stupid. Always people. seeing women as damsels in distresses. Yeah. Is that the plural? Damsel in distresses. Wouldn't it be damsels? It's damsels, yeah. Damsels. Why would it be damsel in distresses? That's like some cause disac shit. <laughs> <laughs> like attorney general. The plural is attorneys, attorneys general. general. Yeah. How is that fine, I ask you? I don't know. The English language is a strange thing, is there? Is that Me? what you're saying in a German accent? That wasn't a German accent. You always you do always accents. You always do this. No, you always do And then you never this. want to pretend. You always do this. No, no, no. I do do accents, but I also just do stupid voices that don't mean anything. Sometimes I do a voice and I'm not trying to like, oh, I'm trying to do a Scottish voice or, oh, I'm trying to do like a whatever voice. I'm not trying to do a specific. It just comes out the way it comes out and it is what it is. And it's not, most of the time it's not a specific thing. So you saying, was that Welsh or whatever? I'm like, I have no idea what it was. It just came out my mouth. Like, I'm just being silly. But it is an accent. Sometimes that wasn't. That was more of like a oh yeah, like it was more of like a English thing. I don't know where you got German. It wasn't from. English. You just sounded like Elvis for it a second. It was the English language. I don't even know what I did now because it was off the cuff. Now you sound like some thing. posh Queen's English type. Yeah. Someone from Windsor or adjacent. Someone from Mayfair. How, Let's not pretend we... How did you just get from Windsor to Mayfair? Because I was trying to think of a pricey place to live and my only guide to is neighbourhoods is Monopoly, yeah. <laughs> you don't want to live on Old Kent Road or yeah. whatever. But you do want to live on Mayfair. Sure. And ideally, you want to buy the... What are they? Electricity stations or railroad I stations? No I haven't played Monopoly since I was like five. Sure. Probably older than that. I think but a five-year-old wouldn't be very good at Monopoly. Maybe like eight then. I don't know. I hate that game. So I never chose to play it when I could choose things. What was your board game of choice? Um, Scrabble or... Uh, You're so wordy. You're so bookish. Or probably things like... My favourite game was creating long and s- elaborate words. <laughs> Scrabble wasn't my first game. I don't know why that came out first. Um, I like things like... Um, oh, what was it called? 
that thing where you have the dice in the middle and you you have like a dome over it. No, you always do this when I mention it. I think <laughs> I always do this, games. listeners, because think, it comes up so often. I think there was two games with the Yahtzee? dice, and one of them was the one I played, and one of them came later was the one you played. I didn't play it; I but just know of it. We would play things like Cluedo, sure, and stuff like that. A game that rapidly loses its novelty yeah. after a couple of players. I didn't really we I didn't really have games like Although with the king of that of games that are not fun the second time around is Mousetrap. Once you've made the elaborate Rube Goldberg machine and you've seen it go through the whole process, no one's like, let's do that whole thing again for a payoff we already have seen. Yeah, I never really had games like Mousetrap or Bookaroo or con- like um Oh, what's the other one? What was I going to say? I don't know. Yeah, I never really played games like that. It was more like games where I would be playing the game with my brother and then like adults. Sure. Like Just it, people from the street you It would be in. like me, my brother, my uncles and my mom playing games We need six together. people to play Catan. Let's go round up some homeless guys, <laughs> teach them the rules. Hey, do you guys love Carcassonne? Because it's a very elaborate territory management game with resource trading i want to participate in this but i don't know what you're talking about i'm talking about. about fancy european board games uh, okay for sophisticates sophisticates for the intelligentsia <laughs> did you ever play pop-up pirates <laughs> <laughs> as you can tell from the you title it was quite an adult game no it, but it was actually quite a disturbing game let me tell uh, my memory might be oh and games like trivial pursuit Right, I yeah. didn't obviously play those when I was five, but like <laughs> as I got to a teenager, that's sort of a game we would play. Let me tell an articulate. Oh, right, yeah. Those are those are the type of games that you can kind of play endlessly if yes, you just replenish. We have gone the questions. F- yeah, we've gone through the questions several times now, and we haven't replenished them. Let Let me we tell should. you about this Pop Up Pirates game. If I'm remembering correctly, there's like a board with a big wooden barrel in the middle of it. And you push down this little kind of, it's like a little squat, cartoony pirate. You push him down into the barrel. And then around the outside surface of the barrel, there are holes. And each player has a sword and they have to push the sword into the barrel as if they were impaling the pirate inside. And eventually some unlucky player triggers whatever the mechanism is, and the pirate, like, pops out in pain. This is horrible. This is a sadistic... you have this game? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God. It's like teaching kids how to torture seafaring thieves. You know what game I liked when I was little, but realised now it's really horrible? Whack-a-mole. Sure. When you go to, like, arcades and they'd have, like, a -a whack-a-mole, that's... That's it's teaching kids about violence to gophers and mm. gopher-like creatures. Gophers? Moles. They already have a name. Oftentimes, kids will just walk around with claw hammers and hit rolls. Yes, they do. It's like it's been imprinted in their mind. They don't understand any different. God, that's horrible. You made me think of kids hurting animals. Now. <sighs> What's wrong Your with mind you? always goes to a dark place. It does. Do you not know me by now? I know you very well. Well, then would you do it? Sometimes you'll say something really just like twisted and gross. And <laughs> sure. I have to remind you that as soon as you say these things, 
a picture of it is in my head and I learned that you don't do you aren't like that you don't automatically picture things I do I can't stop my brain from picturing it my mind is more abstract and <laughs> language based whereas your mind is very much a, I'm a visual yeah you instantly go to the the visual the yeah. image I, <laughs> you're looking at me like so what I mean that was the point you just made no no, no. I'm not looking at you just like so what I'm looking at you like I don't know the way you were like I'm intelligent and you're not I, like, I think that's what you projected on yeah, what I said probably <laughs> <laughs> You know, a game had absolutely no strategy whatsoever, and yet it was somehow a very popular... It's not even a board game. A lot of these are just toys. Did you ever play Hungry Hungry Hippos? I think a friend may have had it, but You I literally just it. bash this lever as hard as you can in your you hippo. You have to eat all the stuff. Yeah, you put marbles in the middle, and then there's four God, hippos. God, that game would get boring after, like, It does get boring. Two goes. It's very visually engaging, because the hippos are, like, extending out and grabbing marbles... So for little kids, it's probably keeps yeah. them occupied. But there's no strategy to it. You don't direct the direction up that your hippo reaches out. You just bash the lever to make it try and grab. And hope the marbles yeah. come your way. There's a lot of board games like that where there's not, there's no way to actually win. Like you just do what you're supposed to do, and someone does end up winning in yeah. the end. You can't really like be skillful at it. What other things did you play with when you were little? Like, after the age of, like, four and five? Well, I would, like, vivisect the neighbourhood dogs because I wanted to understand... Why have you done it? I've now pictured you <laughs> over an open dog. An open dog. An open dog. <laughs> what a weird way to put it. Yeah. Look at all these closed dogs. I would like to open them. Excuse me, sir. Can I come into your dog? No, it's closed. <laughs> Didn't you see the sign that says it opens in 8am? Um, mostly video games. I wasn't really a toy. Even at the, at the age of seven? No, I played with... I'm talking between like six and ten. Sure. I don't have a lot of memories of being a young kid. I played I played with the usual toys, like the action figures. That's what I'm trying to get out of you. Did you play... What did you play with the yeah, usual toys? Yeah, I played with the... Did you have the wrestling figures? I had, yeah, I had. Re I was for a short period into professional wrestling when I did was. Did you like have the wrestling nine. ring? I did. My yeah, my brother had the wrestling ring. I actually, I would, I would play with the little wrestling figures and the rings, but it, I, I feel like some kids just wanted to bash them together in a very kind of yeah, simplistic. Yeah. They're fighting and hurting each other way, but I was much more. I wanted to play out little storylines with them. This was like my storytelling instinct in its earliest, yeah. most crass, primordial sense. I wasn't really... Like, when I would watch wrestling, I had a, a, a small appreciation for the technical athleticism. But I cared a lot more about the drama yeah. and the storylines. Me too. Who cares about the actual matches? You just want them to be over. Yeah. So that they can have, like, storyline. I once heard... Professional wrestling described as stage theater or opera for rednecks. That's me. Which is, in a sense, quite a crude, coarse way to put it. But it gets at the core point of it's still that storytelling, this yeah. grand melodramatic storytelling, but it's presented in this kind of machismo and it's much easier to digest. Uh. 
I liked wrestling for ages. Sure. I remember first watching it when I was really little and then still watching it as a teenager, like a late teen. Yeah. Not consistently. I didn't watch it like every week. Right. From the, but I watched it like on and off. Um, some of the toys I had, um, I remember, did you ever like open, try to open your presents before? Like, would you like tear open a corner and try to see what it was <laughs> like me and my brother did we would sneak downstairs like on christmas eve and like see all the presents because we couldn't sleep and <clears throat> sometimes like tear open like the corners and stuff wouldn't it then be obvious that you had yeah but by morning i mean what they're gonna say like <laughs> they just say oh we know you've been peeking that's it i like, found a loophole mom you can't <laughs> prosecute me I remember one year my mum had said that, like, the there was, like, loads of little presents and then there was, like, a big present. And mum was like, the big present is for me, I think. And so I was, like, I, I didn't understand what it could possibly be. Right. I was so excited. Anyway, but... And it turned out to be a pony. I didn't understand what this quadpedal, moving, breathing, wrapped up present could be, <laughs> shaped like a horse. And then it turned out to be a pony. <laughs> That, that reminds me. <laughs> Your mum cut like a little hole near its mouth and was uh, feeding the present carrots. Feeding the present carrots. Yeah, because you didn't know what it was yet. Yeah. yeah. I his hair. That reminds me, one birthday, I'll go back to the Christmas in a sec. One birthday, <laughs> I think I had like either asked for a bike or my mum had talked about getting me a bike. And so I expected there was going to be a, like a bike sure. on my birthday. And I remember my mum and dad picking me up from school. And on the way home, my mum said to me, or my dad said to me, one of them joked and said, oh, we couldn't get you a bike. Really sorry. And it, But it wasn't like a joke. It was a joke, but I didn't think it was you a joke. You weren't in on the joke. I wasn't in on the joke. So I get home and they hand me like a colouring book. And, I'm like, <laughs> and you were 17 at this I'm point. Like so upset at this point. And the whole time, there's a bike leaning against the living room wall. Right. And I I am just, like, oblivious to sure. this red bike against the fucking wall. And they were like, as it, you know, <laughs> look to me kind of thing. There's your bike. <laughs> sure. Um. Anyway, I remember some specific presents, really, like, and toys really stick out. I had, like, Dick Tracy figures. I don't know why. I don't know. That's some old school shit. I feel like I must have <clears throat> asked for them. Because what a strange present to, like, give. Um, maybe I'd seen, like, a movie and was... I don't know. I remember... Oh. There, you know when you see the adverts for toys? There was, like, two similar things from, like, I'm guessing different companies... But the thing was, was that it was like a big something with little things inside, kind of like a Polly Pocket. Um, one was a big red bus and it had loads of like things inside and people and like all different things you could play with. And another was a big yellow teapot and they were like this big. So like, what's that? Like 30 centimetres by 30 centimetres or whatever. And they were really big. And I had asked for the big red bus. And I got the yellow teapot. Oh, my God. <laughs> and things were never the same again. And at first I was really upset, but I grew to fucking love that yellow teapot. <laughs> there was so much in it that you could play sure. with. And I had things like Polly Pockets and, um, yeah. 
Sure. Stuff like that. I was never really a sneak a look at my presents because I think even at a young age, I knew that was just going to be tantalizing in a way that wasn't, I wasn't actually going to be satisfied. I was going to know what it was, but I wasn't going to be able to play with it. So my strategy, if you will, <laughs> was to be, to make myself a nuisance and just constantly say to my mom, can I have one of them early? Can I have one of them early? Uh-huh. In fact, one of my early earlier memories, like I said, I don't, I, for whatever reason, I don't have a lot of memories of being a young kid. But one thing I do remember very distinctly is both have to do with the, the Christmas when my mom got me the original Xbox. And this was a big deal. A, it's a big, big deal. deal. I mean, it was really expensive back then it, as well. It was expensive and we didn't have very much money. So I Aww. knew... I knew that it was a big deal that I was getting this. And I really, really, really wanted it. So it was a very momentous gift. And I remember one time I asked if I could play with it for a few hours. This was like weeks before Christmas. But I you knew she'd already got I knew it. that she had it. And I was just like, I, was just, I would just continually pester my mom until she said yes, <laughs> just to get me out of her hair. So I was basically said, I'll make you a deal. I'll just play with it for a few hours and you can wrap it back up. I'll have gotten it out of my system. You know, it's perfect quid pro quo. Everyone benefits. Win-win. How does she Sign on the dotted line, mom. Yeah. And she let me, so I hooked it up and I. I can't believe she let you. I know, I know. (laughs) But when you're a kid, you can make yourself suitably annoying. Yeah. And I remember the free games. She bought like a console bundle the predatory practice of yeah. game stores where they, well, usually they tried to bundle in like the crappy licensed movie games or just, just bad games that they're otherwise going to struggle to sell. But if a new console comes out and it's the hottest new thing, they can convince people, they can say, if you want the console, you have to buy this bundle with four or five games. So she bought me a bundle and it actually turned out two of the three games were excellent and would go on to be classics. One of them was Halo, the first Halo, forgettably wow. subtitled Halo Combat Evolved. The second one was the first Splinter Cell game. And then the third one, I don't remember very well. It was this Japanese samurai game called Onomushu or Onomusha. I just remember it was really hard and very Japanese and just was not, I was not down for that when I was 12. Yeah. So... Having wheedled my way into this preview of the Xbox, I set it up and then I played the first level and a half of Halo. Wow. Which is, to this day, perhaps my favorite game of all time. It's it's tied there with either the first or second Deus Ex game. And I was so blown away and so amazed because before that, I'd only had a PlayStation 1. I never I never owned a PlayStation 2. So jumping from the PlayStation 1 to the Xbox, and especially a game like Halo, which really revolutionized shooter games on the console. It really perfected the FPS with the dual thumbsticks. It was such an eye-opening, mind-blowing experience. And I was so hooked and I was so amazed by this game that when the couple of hours had elapsed and my mum was like, hey, you know, it's time to put it away again. You don't want to spoil the, the Christmas morning, like the ritual of opening it. I was like, mom, you don't understand. 
<laughs> I have played this new game, and I think it. I think it's. I think it's pretty fucking good. Like you have to let me keep playing. And of course, she didn't. She wrapped it back up. <laughs> Left me in in. Do you have to then wait till Christmas? Or no, you get to because do it this then? is the second half of the story. I don't think I ever told her this, and because she's an avid podcast listener, I'm sure she'll hear this eventually. Yeah. I don't think my mom. I don't. If I ask my mom to define what a podcast is, I think she would. She would struggle. Yeah, mom didn't. Really, I don't think my mom fully knew what one was before either, because. Even after she had, like, I had told her about this and stuff, she was like, can they talk to you? <laughs> like, I think she thought it was some kind of, like, live stream. Sure. Yeah, I don't know. Do they come to your house and, like, can watch they, it? Can they see you? Yeah, it was very... <laughs> it's just, like, radio. Yeah. Basically. It's basically online, pre-recorded radio. Yeah. So, yeah, one time when she... I knew she was going to be out for, like, the whole afternoon or evening i knew there was our house wasn't very big so there wasn't like a lot of places that you could hide things so i basically went i ferreted through everywhere in her room and around the house that she could have hid this gigantic because anyone who had they the always first hide it under the bed or in the wall yeah well there's always. not where else are you going to put it yeah. in the panic room in the family vault <laughs> no but put it somewhere unobvious somewhere in sure. the kids bedroom that they can't get to so like up on top of their wardrobe or something that's a terrible, terrible hiding place. Hide it on the kids' television. They'll never find the console there. Yeah, and anyone who had the first Xbox will remember that it was the size of a small town. So it was very difficult oh, to hide. Oh, big, like, white ones. Were yeah. they, like, white or grey or something? It was black. So you weren't close. Oh. It was this big black monolith. Heavy. I mean, so heavy if you threw it at another person... It would become a murder weapon. Is this the Xbox 360? No. <laughs> there was one before that? Yeah, the X, the original Xbox. Oh, yeah, I don't remember what that looks if like. I was thinking of the 360. Yeah. To bring up a hackneyed joke uh, that has been done to death at this point, the the newest Xbox is called the Xbox One. Yeah, I know that. It's which stupid. Makes, it's stupid. It, the terminology becomes confusing. But the original Xbox was this big, rectangular, black behemoth i'm sure i saw it but i just don't remember it infamously the controller which was nicknamed the duke was made for people with giant hands like it was this huge thick controller that was like big and Why weighty was it made was it really made for people with big hands? no it was just oversized um, for some reason mm-hmm. compared to the dainty little dual shock yeah. playstation controller but anyway i found the xbox and I plugged it in, and I played for a couple of hours, clandestinely. When she was at work yeah, or something? Yeah, and then I wrapped it back up, and I put it back in the hiding spot. How did you wrap it back up? Did she I, have spare wrapping paper? I think I probably... I don't remember. You probably unwrapped it in a way that didn't rip it? Yeah, she also may not have wrapped it yet. She may not. Have, she may have been waiting until we got closer to Christmas to wrap yeah. the presents. But I just remember thinking, like, I need to be able to play this again. And that's that's what happened. Did you just do that once? I can't. I know I definitely did it at least once. I wouldn't put it past my like eleven year old self to have done it multiple times. Wow. Oh, there was a really <laughs> weird sound, and for like three seconds, I could not make out what it was, and then I realised what it was. Anyway, it sounded a bit like a mosquito. Like the hum of a mosquito, but really yeah, loud. Yeah, kind of. It sounded a little bit like a motorbike going by. Yeah. 
It was that kind At, like, of four a.m. monotonous <laughs> hum. Yeah, but it like came gradually. Anyway, sure. <laughs> um, a motorcycle comes crashing through the window on the first floor. <laughs> 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 it's a DeLorean motorcycle. It's a hovercraft. Oh yeah. Did you? I would. The, I have very, very fond memories of Christmas. Me too. I remember my sister, who I lived with, a couple of years older than me. I think she grew out of Christmas, obviously before I did. But when we still had that overlap of we were still basically children and we mm. were very excited about Christmas. I'd remember at 6 a.m., sometimes earlier, yeah. on Christmas morning, she would cut, she would slowly creep into my room, wake me up so that we didn't wake up my mom. And then she would say, do you want to come down and open the presents? And then we would like creep down the stairs like Aww. we were SEAL Team 6 on a mission. <laughs> and we would sit in front you of the Christmas tree. You basically just sit around the yeah. Christmas tree until your parents woke up. Do you remember how you... I don't know if this was the same in your house, but around Christmas and especially on christmas eve going into christmas morning we would leave all the lights on like all the christmas tree lights all the little fairy lights strung up around the living room so that when we when my sister and i would pad down the stairs and go into the living room it would be dark apart from all of the glittering colorful little christmas lights i don't know if we left them on because we probably couldn't afford the electricity but Sure. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't know, but I do like that when you leave them on. That's it looks what so I remember. Nice. I remember coming I don't down think to that we scene. Did. I don't think we did. I remember, I just remember never being able to sleep on Christmas Eve. And mom always coming up and being like, you have to go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep. Eventually you fall asleep and then you wake up really early anyway at like four. Or five sometimes. Yes, of course. And we try and wake up mum and dad and they say, no, another hour, another hour, another hour. And I'd be like, oh my God. We're not like, doing this on your time schedule, yeah. guys. This is for us, the children. It's like, I can't handle this. Just fucking wake Won't up. And somebody give the, think of the children. Give me the prezzies. Sure. Um, I had mostly good memories of Christmas when I was little. Like when my mum and dad were still together. Um, there's a few Christmases that were, that were quite terrible, but sure. there were some really good ones. And yeah, <laughs> I, I, I always was a really just great lover of Christmas. I loved Christmas so much. Everything about it is just so lovely. Like going shopping with my mom, shopping around Christmas is always terrible. But at the same time, walking past those like speakers that are playing like Christmas music. Oh, God. The same four songs. But not like over that shitty like pop Christmas music. I'm talking about like when they would play like carols sure. and stuff. And I just loved it. It was so nice. Did you ever have carolers come to your door? Probably. I don't really remember it though. Maybe once. I think we a few times we did. We lived in a flat for the first, like, first part of right. my life. So you don't really get that type of thing that much no. in flats. But then when I was, like, 11 or 12 and we moved to a house and it was my mum and my stepdad, Christmas was still a big deal. And that's when we started kind of making traditions almost. It took Christmas Eve we would all kind of, like, play games and, like, my mum would drink and as we got older, my brother would drink and then we would just eat loads of food. And <clears throat> as the years got on, it became that, like, 
we were still wrapping presents at Christmas Eve or we would leave them till Christmas Eve so that we could wrap them together. Like, obviously, it would be me and my mom and my brother. So when she came to wrapping mine, she would like, <laughs> she would, wouldn't do that in front of me, but sure. she would wrap everyone else's and then, you know. Um, and then for some of the, from like, I don't know what age, maybe like 16 or something, 15 or 16, we started doing one present Christmas Eve. Which is funny because you think you do that the other way around because kids are like, I can't wait. But it was, yeah. It wait, was, what it, do you mean the other way around? Like, because kids like, are like, I can't wait, I can't wait, I can't wait. So you give them a present on Christmas Eve to like shut them up kind of thing. Right. But it happened in my family when I was about 15 or 16. It started to become a tradition that like at the end of the evening kind of thing, we'd do one present each. And then, yeah. Sure. And then festive merrymaking would ensue. Yeah, pretty much. With, is there anything worse than mince pies? Yeah, I don't like mince that, pies. I don't like a lot of quote-unquote Christmas yeah, food at all, but I did really enjoy the ritual of the Christmas dinner. Yeah, I like Christmas dinner, but I don't like, um, you know, parsnips or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Famously a Christmas vegetable. And I don't like stuffing, and I don't like mince pies, and I don't like... Christmas cake, that fruity like weirdness. Doesn't have a name. It's called Christmas cake, isn't it? <laughs> no, it does have a name. You're right. Yuletide but it... log. No, something... you're just thinking of something festive. There's like an actual Christmas cake that's right, like a yeah. fruity. Everyone, it's stodgy. Yeah, it's, it's thick. Disgusting. Tastes um, a bit like fruit chemical. If it was runoff. like a stodgy like moist chocolate cake, I would like it. But because it's just like a bready fruit yeah, lump yeah. of shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's not good seriously I, just don't, I don't like fruit in my cake all yeah, right that's fair. i just that's not what i want out of a cake um which is why i don't really like pies because pie is usually like got fruit in it <sighs> although an apple a slice of a warm apple pie or an apple crumble is just delish with ice cold vanilla ice cream yeah. good god do you like custard? No. I don't like custard. My mom and brother love custard. They could lick it out of the can. They like it that much. But like... That's not that crazy. No, you know I thought you were going to say they'd lick it off the floor. <laughs> yeah, they would. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that just made me think of something. Oh, please don't tell this story if that's what it is. <laughs> Let's keep that one locked in the in the family vault. I love the smell of custard, but I don't actually like custard, which is weird. I feel like that's not very often where you like the smell of something, sure. but don't actually like it. Um, is custard yeah. has custard made its way over to America I don't know because I never hear I about never it I never hear people saying in, oh I'm going to yeah. have custard with my cake there's a lot of weird British puddings that mm. I feel like you couldn't now they're, they're so grandfathered into British culture like if you tried to sell someone now if you if you had just invented it today on something like tapioca or rice pudding Oh, is tapioca rice pudding? It's kind of like rice pudding. Did you, did you like rice pudding? No. I used to like rice pudding, I think, when I was little, because that was like a big thing. My nan always would give it to us, um, and my brother liked it. I don't like it now. And I've not heard anyone eating it now. Like, it's not a thing that people eat now. <laughs> I haven't now. heard the mouth sound of someone nearby the mouth guzzling sound. it down. <laughs> That's the kind of thing I would say. Sure. The mouth sound. What did what Christmas food did you like that you would? I like I would have I would have the turkey, the 
boiled potatoes. Gravy. I never used to like roast potatoes when I was little, but I like them now. Um, gravy. I always had to have my gravy different to everyone else's. My mom had to make a separate portion for me. They all liked it thicker. I like mine like water with Horrendous. a pinch of gravy. <laughs> um, I didn't like stuffing. I like Yorkshire puddings, but I can't have my Yorkshire puddings like with my meal. I oh, have good. to have them separate because if the gravy gets on them, I can't eat them. Um, Yorkshire puddings are such a strange food. I know, they're so nice though. They are so good. I know. How do you explain that to America? I know. I when I've heard Americans trying to, trying to talk about How would you even categorize it? it? Yeah. It's not... It's not like any other food. It's not. Um, what else? And the only vegetable I would have is garden peas. Sure. Out of the tin. Right. I didn't like any not other. straight from your vegetable patch in yeah. your... In well, your allotment. Not like, don't give me frozen peas. I want... <laughs> Uncooked frozen I peas. I want tinned peas. Sure. They're the only ones I like. So, yeah. What about you? Yeah, I was the same. I like pretty much... I, I like more things than I don't like when it comes to Christmas dinner. I don't like... I'm not a big fan of sprouts, which is a yeah, common... Dislike. A dislike common distaste, those. I would say, at this point. I like stuffing. I like Yorkshire pudding. I like pretty much whatever vegetables you're going to put on the plate. Carrots, yeah. peas, parsnips, as you mentioned, whatever. There's not really any, like... we would. I think we would mostly have chicken or turkey, depending on... Did you have potatoes and mash or just mash? Because or... um, I don't like mash. I didn't say that, but I don't like mash. Yeah, we would have mashed potatoes sometimes. We would also have... I only like roast potatoes... Really, when they're in that context, when they're cri- they're like crisped on the edges. Yeah. Otherwise, you're basically eating mashed potato in a little parcel. Yes. So yeah, but, and, and then like when it comes to puddings, as we say here yes. in, in the in the old country, there's not really any Christmassy. Yeah, I didn't really like any particularly Christmassy. Puddings. Yeah, there's nothing that I really like. Or, or you know, a big thing that we would always have at Christmas—not necessarily to have at, after dinner, but to just right. snack on because you always eat basically throughout the whole day on Christmas, or we did. Sure. And Christmas Eve, cherry bakewells—that was a very Christmassy sure. thing for us. I don't really remember what what we would have. We weren't really a. We would all. We would definitely. We would invite. I mean, we would have Christmas dinner in different places, different... Yeah, we weren't like that. We had Christmas dinner at home. Right, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like, sometimes... I remember some years it would be at my house. Sometimes it would be at, like, my grandfather's house. A, a few times we would go out to a yeah. a restaurant. It was different places. But we would de- when we would have a family home-cooked meal, we would definitely sit down and eat the actual dinner together but we weren't really a sit around the table and have dessert together it was kind of once you'd i know what you mean you, if everyone then just starts milling around watching tv talking to each other and if you want dessert you kind of just go and grab it and eat it as you're sitting there yeah i think that's kind of like what we were like we'd sometimes eat dessert like at the table but Probably not really, because usually you're so full from the dinner that you wait a little bit. Yeah. So you'd probably eat dessert maybe around the TV, watching like a movie or something. Or while we while we kind of start to play games. Sure. We'd do it then. 
we just had things like like my mom and my brother would always like similar things like treacle sponge with custard or just things like that something with custard some kind of sponge cake with custard I would always have chocolate when we were younger though we didn't have like we wouldn't ever get any like fresh cakes or anything it would be tinned cakes <laughs> oh god no they were really nice straight when I was from the little, tin tree where you had to like put the tin in a saucepan and boil it and then you empty it out and the oh, chocolate god. sauce comes all over <laughs> they were so nice when i was little they're not nice now sure. i've had them they weren't nice then just to let you know they were that's like some world war ii ration type of well, food that's what we would eat a cake in a tin yeah <laughs> take it home and hope the germans don't bomb your house Back then, they didn't care because they had bigger concerns. But now, <laughs> we have the luxury of choice. Did Were you the whole party hat, Christmas yes. crackers type of family? we'd have the crackers. We'd wear the hats all Christmas Day. All <laughs> Christmas, into the night, wear them to bed. And it would be glorious. The flimsy little coloured paper yeah. crown. They were like crowns. The crackers got more and more... As I got older and my mom started to get make more money, the crackers got more and more expensive as I got older. So, like, they were, like, shitty fucking 12 for a pound from the pound shop when they were little, <laughs> but they were, like, seven fifty for four crackers yeah. from Marks and Spencer's when I got to be about, like, 16. Um, and when your mom started making seven figures, one time <laughs> there was actually a Rolex in one of the crackers. <laughs> Yeah. And you'd always tell the joke, even though you knew it was going to oh, be yeah. shit, you would always tell it. I don't think there was ever one thing that I got from a cracker that I actually kept beyond Christmas Day. What was yeah, the point? Yeah, I don't think there no was No one ever either. kept the little goo-gars or little... It was always like the spinning top or like... Yeah. It's little I remember trinkets. eating the more expensive ones. You'd get things like nail files. Oh god! And like what an exciting Christmas present! Here you go for your personal hygiene <laughs> and grooming. Here's a loofah. <laughs> it's like a it's like a two foot long cracker with with somehow with like a mini loofah in it. I hated not winning the cracker. If I didn't get it, I would be annoyed. Is for there like a two strategy seconds. to actually win? Yes, it? you have to like hold it like on your end and kind of like. Instead of just gripping the frilly bit that you're supposed to grip, you kind of put your fingers in the clamp down, so you get it. And I would get it every time because (laughs) I didn't like not getting it, to be honest. (laughs) You had a black belt in cracker contests. Sure. Did you do the whole... We did party poppers as well at New Year's. Yeah, sure. But then no one likes to clean those up. Did we do the whole what? When you were younger, did you have cookies and milk left out for santa in quotation marks so because yeah i don't or do you you didn't have a chimney right because you were in an apartment yeah we didn't have a chimney but there's always that like middle mantle whether you have a chimney or not so yeah i know what you mean though (laughs) how's santa gonna get in yeah is he gonna repel down the side of your your apartment building i don't think we did busting through the window i don't know what i i don't remember going from thinking santa's real to not thinking santa's real sure i don't remember but i remember as early as like five knowing my mom had bought me presents so (laughs) i don't think i might not have ever believed in santa because if you really believe yeah i feel the same way i don't ever remember actively 
thinking truly, it was really yeah, Santa. Yeah. Truly believing that a man named Santa exists yeah. who really actually crossed the world in one night and gave every child presents. Because if you really believe that... If you didn't know what Santa was. Yeah, no, but I'm saying that specific <laughs> yeah. version of the myth. It, if you really believe that Santa existed and had given you You'd these presents... You'd have to believe there was loads of Santas. You Stop trying to Sorry. preempt me. Let me get to the end of the point and you'll see where I'm going with this. <laughs> then why would you thank your parents for getting you the gifts? Yeah, that's if true. If Santa had given you them, why do you, why do you say thanks, Mom, for this? Yeah, that's true. Which kind of gives the lie to the yeah. fact that children don't like, actually believe it. Like in movies, like you see them saying like, look what Santa bought. And then like the kid's just like, oh, like, <laughs> thanks. Santa. Like, but Santa's not there. How did so... Santa know my sock size? Yeah, this is, it's And weird. why is he buying me so many socks and underwear? It's kind of weird, I feel, in this day and age to have your kid believe in Santa. I do understand what you mean. Because I don't really understand what's the what's the social utility of santa what's the benefit to the parents what's the point of inventing this mystery figure who gives your kids presents and like i said therefore your kids should be grateful to him isn't it much more wholesome and much more inducive to your kids bonding with you to say i know the type of things that you like and i wanted to reward you for being a good kid or whatever so I brought you all these presents. Yeah, I don't know. Also, it gets way more complicated when the people are religious as well. Because they go to to church on Christmas and they have the whole, like, the birth of Jesus thing. But also there's a man in a red suit who comes and gives you presents. Like, what? You've got all these weird, mixed, matchy sure. things to deal with. So, I don't know. It's kind of strange. But, yeah, I, did, I went to see Santa. I think I probably did. At least did, once, I'm sure. But I'm too young. I, I was too young to remember it now. I have a picture somewhere of me sitting on Santa's lap. And I remember getting the presents. Like, they give you a present when you yeah. go. But they don't really give you a present. You pay to see Santa and they give you a present. So you're really just paying for this, like, goodie bag. This, like... Crappy. What do they call it? Like... Gift. Like a... What do they call it when you don't know what's in it? A, like a, a mystery bag? Something like that. So it's like a mystery bag of like shit. It's almost <laughs> like a crappy present. Little tiny tin soldiers yeah. and colouring pencils. Tin soldiers? What know. year are you You were born, born in 1950. We all know it. <sighs> Fuck off. Um, it was the 80s though when I went to see Santa, so... A f- isn't a four-year-old too young to no, understand you, Santa? No, you take your kids to Santa when like they're so young but like old enough to walk. So... Older than two. Sure. Younger than like six and six. Well, for me anyway. But yeah, so. I don't I don't remember whether I did or didn't. I probably did. I mean, not that you can't take your kids to Santa at ten, but I, I would feel like that would be a bit. Wouldn't they know for Ten-year-olds sure? are still pretty dumb, I'm going to be honest <laughs> with you. <laughs> like, they're not that sophisticated mentally. Some are. Sure. When you hear about those chest grandmasters at the age My of 11. My brother was good at chess. Sure. He played in, like, tournaments and stuff. Cool. That was when he was in junior school. Crazy. <laughs> anyway. I can't believe we're talking about Christmas in, in, in July. July. That's how much we hit the heat. Yeah. Although, oh, the heat yeah. sucked. We just recently had a heat wave. 
it's not heat wave. It's fucking climate change. That's what everyone's I am saying. kind of annoyed that people keep calling it a heat wave. It's like, no, the world is ending. It's dying slowly. Sure. Like, and not that slow. The accelerated heat death of the universe. And that kind of... we we During the summer, we are basically just waiting for periods of relative cool yeah. for us to be able to do the podcast. So as soon as that heat wave kind of ended... Breaks a little bit. And... It did. It was such a dramatic shift. One day, and this was only a couple of days ago, it peaked at like 28, 29. Which is the 80s for Fahrenheit. Sure, I don't know Fahrenheit. I only know. I have kind of learned it a little bit because Steph is always telling me the the temperature. She's always like, oh, it was 103 today. And I'm like, I don't know what that is. Jesus Christ. If that was Celsius, your blood would have boiled. Yeah, I had to keep looking it up. So I've kind of gathered... That when it's really hot here, it's late 80s, early 90s, as in temperature. It's not a time period. It's like 88 or something when it's hot here. Yeah, so it went from the end of the last day of the heat wave, it was 28. And then literally the next day, it went down to 17 or 18. That's how dramatic it was of a shift. It was 35 in London that day. That was the thing about living in London. There's something called... The heat island effect or or something along those lines. And it's basically a phenomenon where in densely concentrated cities, because the buildings are also built up and right next to each other, and they're all putting out so much heat within the center of of those type of metropolises, it's actually hotter than it should be just Um. based on temperature. Because of the density of the population. London was really hot. It, there was really some hot dead. summers. Jeez. Oh, and this was before we had air conditioning. Yeah, it was. We only recently got air conditioning. And it has, in some sense, kind of salvaged the summer for me. Yeah. I, and I don't know how I lived before. Because there haven't been that it. many days where I've... Like, before we had the AC, when summer would come around, even though we had fans and stuff... You'd have the fan on and you'd still be so hot. The fan wasn't kind of like doing it. And so you'd sit there and just be like, I can't do anything. The heat has killed me. Like, I, it has really zonked me. But now I've really only had a few days, apart from the days when I've been out, because obviously that's killed me as well. But inside the flat, like, there's only been a few days where I've been, it's really really hot and that's usually when i'm cooking because no matter how cool you get the place if you're cooking and you're standing in front of the oven you're gonna be hot sure you need to get like a body mounted ac unit strapped on your back like a ghostbuster power pack (laughs) (laughs) that's so weird sometimes we'll be talking and siri on your ipad just activates on my ipad only as well not my phone it's always my ipad unplug it and then it won't be able to be activated oh my god the seagulls sounds like they're right outside our window (laughs) which makes sense because we do have a pond inside our living Uh, room we do do we have a pond we have little koi fish a little lady pond what's a lady pond there's lady fishes in there what's a lady fish Is it a female fish that has ascended to the aquatic aristocracy? You're trying. I can see the little wheels. They've gained a peerage. They're trying really hard. They've married a duke fish and they've become a lady. No. They live in a little fish manor. No, that's not the direction I was trying to take it in at all. Well, that's too bad. There's no men in my lady pond. So it's a 
it's an a, a gender apartheid matriarchy <laughs> based in a pond. There's no archy. Comprised There's of no fish. There's no archy. There's just lady. Sure. <laughs> lady fish. Loving the world. Lady fish is the name of your album. Yeah. Speaking of. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we have so many album names we could tell you, well, listeners. Did we read from the list before? We did, indeed. Let me start. <laughs> we you explain what this is? Yeah, okay. Yeah. So basically, whenever we say anything that's kind of like funny like that, like what you just did, we write it down. Well, and sometimes yeah. it's like the name, we're like, oh, that'd be a good name for an album, or that would be a good band name, or that would be a good thing to have on like a t-shirt. And that some of them are like, Totally ridiculous, and some of them are really gross. And some of them have backs. If you don't know the backstory, they won't be funny to you, but yeah. they're hilarious to us. Often we are like, we don't even remember what it means, but it's funny still because we know we thought of it like. <laughs> we know. know the context. Yeah. We can picture the scenario. It's it basically whenever we come up with a funny phrasing or coinage just yeah. in normal conversation, one of us will say that. That would be the name of my autobiography. Yeah. Or that could be a cool song title. Yeah. And then we just started writing them down because we're borderline insane. Yeah. And we're going to read some of them too. Okay. I'm going to read from the bottom because we'll know we've read some from the list before. I know, but there's categories. So That's you true, read from the bottom categories. of each category. The brightness on this is terrible. Should we give some of the backstories of them? Maybe. Let's just see. Okay. Okay. This is so funny that we're reading this on the podcast. The Chubby Love Muffins. What is that? That's a band name. Hello and welcome to the stage. The Chubby Love Muffins. And then the people throw muffins like oh, out to the crowd. The like, fans are called the the Love Muffins. The Love Muffins. That's like a cute one that, that we actually be, came up with today. That would be a all girl band and they each girl would be a, ch- a, they a cute would all be chubby, chubby girl with like different color hair yeah that'd be cute they'd each have the nickname of a muffin <gasps> like one the lead singer would be called blueberry i would be called double chocolate <laughs> double chocolate muffin sure ah i want to be in the chubby love muffins let's start this right now okay if only we had musical ability or <laughs> you know business acumen i have musical ability what are you trying to say you can play the triangle i don't have musical ability sam rosie and the boy bunnies now <laughs> wait for it a band with samantha as the lead singer and ryan and matthew on guitar <laughs> <laughs> you're my boy bunnies we are. we're your your backup singers yeah i uh, would we be would <laughs> Would Matthew and I actually be dressed as bunnies? I can tell that you've just read one that has <laughs> debilitated you with laughter, which means, which is auspicious. Yes, you would be dressed as bunnies. With cute little Aww. fluffy tails. You'd be naked bunnies. I don't like where this okay, is going. No. You'd be, you'd have just big pink fluffy bunny suits on like Chandler and Friends. That's kind of dark. Like the, the dude from Donnie Darko. Just following you around everywhere. Yeah, but they'd be cute buddies. The thing I read was Jessica Chastain's Shadow Yamaka. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? I mean, obviously you can't explain what it is. That's but... a band name, a Jewish rock band. <laughs> sure. 
I think that's just an example you of us. You put Jewish rock back. <laughs> <laughs> sure. That's, I think that's an example of us just saying words that sound alike. No, it wasn't. It was when we were watching Mo- um, one of those Molly's Game and fucking Miss Sloan. Which, let's it, be honest, are basically the same, the same movie. film. She, <laughs> in one scene, it looks like she's wearing a yarmulke, but there isn't a yarmulke there. <laughs> and <laughs> You can see how these come about, I think about, you listeners. said, or I said, she looks like she's wearing a yarmulke. And then, and then you said <laughs> Jessica Justine's Shadow Yam again. That's what I get wrong. Sure. Oh, God. So good. This is going to be brought up as evidence <laughs> when we're sectioned under the Mental Health Act. Uh, okay, let's go to a different category. Please do. Um, Enlighten us. With some of this <laughs> what the fuck? Accumulated wisdom. <laughs> that one's too dark, I think. Oh, yeah, there's some on there that are they're, not fit for publication. No, they're not. Um, oh, I keep going to the cute ones, but I shouldn't. I should get to the silly ones. <laughs> Share with the class. <sighs> I can't, I can't. Come on. Okay, okay, okay. The people are waiting. Okay, okay, okay. Cute girl at bake sale selling yummies. And what is that? That's an album name. That would be a cute album name. That would be a cute album name. Um, and you co- would be the titular cute girl. I would. With little pigtails. Cozy fucking... Oh, a jazz album. That's a good name for a jazz that album. That is a good name for a jazz album. Cozy. F- <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think I should read some. Okay, now. one more, one more, one then you can read some. One more, one more. <laughs> Let's go to... <laughs> Let's go to t-shirt slogans. Okay. We're getting into dicey territory now. We are, If yeah. I recall. Because I know that these ones are like... There's some lewd entries. There's some salacious <laughs> sloganization. This is so weird. <laughs> On the front. <laughs> My dick is always there. <laughs> and then on the back, in go in the dog ink. Even, <laughs> Even when you can't see it. <laughs> That's dark, That's man. such a funny t-shirt That's to wear. That's so funny. Because if you think about it, it's true. It's true, yeah. The funniest things have to be true. You can read That's one of the fundamental tenets of Uh, comedy. It is. If it's true, it's funny. If it bleeds, it leads. I don't know what that means. That refers to the sensationalization of TV news. Oh, that's horrible. Where violent stories get more prominence. Oh, okay. The more you know. The more you know. Okay. I like reading these. They're funny. I don't want to read the ones that we've already read, but I can't remember what, what they were. Work from the bottom of the list, because then you know they're going to be newer. This is a cute one that we have to explain <clears throat> the backstory of. Oh, okay. There's under album name, Mommy's Just a Little Pathway to Papa. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to explain what that is? I don't remember. This is... A mommy of... is, like mommy is, mommy is just a pathway to papa. Yeah. Okay. This refers to when we're both on the sofa oh, together. Oh, yeah. Our little cat, Rudy, will often jump on you, like right it's onto your tummy. It's a fake out. It's a fake out. And then he'll just 
pad his way onto me. He basically jumps onto me first, like I'm part of the sofa, and he needs to go, like I'm a stepping stone to get to you. He does it all the time. Ah, mommy's just a pathway to papa. Another album name. Your mind is like a 3D printer, and then in brackets, but only in your mind. <laughs> That's true, if you that think about true. it. That is true. That refers to the omnific power of the imagination. Yeah. The orig- This is the first album name we wrote down on this list. We did. We have actually had we multiple had, iterations. Why of, haven't you merged them together already? Because they're trapped in archives of uh, You past need to, so we have the iPhones. whole list. We've been doing this for, I would say, too long. Well, imagine how long the list going to be when we're 80. We, keep, we always joke well, yeah. about publishing this insane list as a coffee table book. Yeah. Perhaps with no with, explanation. No? You don't no. want to annotate it with commentary? No. It's funnier if it's just random shit. <laughs> the first album name we have down is I Love You, semicolon, I Didn't Mean to Elbow You. <laughs> That would be a weird album name. That's an album name? Yes, because of the semicolon. Makes it all really, to be honest. Another album name. Nine Temps of a Cake is still a lot of fucking cake. Is it enough, though? It's... Since it's only nine temps. You can never have a surfeit of cake, but that's plenty of cake. Mm. Depends on what day it is. That's true. <laughs> Under... Bumper sticker, it's fine to be satisfied by a kettle. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's so weird that I remember the backstory. How do you remember? Our kettle broke and then we oh, went out and got another yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. And it was all kind of chrome plated and shiny. And I think one of us was just kind of like, is it, it weird it, that I'm very satisfied it's by It's that grown up thing where yeah. you're like, for like the first year, maybe even longer, of owning our own couch. I said to you several times, isn't it really just, like, nice that we own our own couch? And it is. It's, like, a very grown-up thing to have paid hundreds of pounds for things. It didn't feel good at the time. That are just going to sit. No, but it feels good to be able to do it. Yeah. Because, yeah. It feels good that it's ours and it will stay with us and it's the exact couch we wanted to buy. But it didn't feel good to spend £300 on a couch. I was 30 before I... Own my own couch. Sure. And fridge. We own our own fridge as well. Yeah, buying the fridge was worse. Spending several hundred pounds on yeah. what is essentially just a box that stays cool <laughs> when you could have spent that money on something fun and entertaining, like I think the, video games, or a, you could travel somewhere yeah. for that money. The couch was kind of more fun to look for in that. We spend a lot you of time want, on the you couch. You want to, like, find something that fits your personality. Like, for instance, we would never buy a leather couch. No. And That's for amateur casting couch porn videos and only. And mums. A lot and of th- mums there's, an, there's an overlap there's of those overlap. two, believe me. It's a thing now, I think, to have, like, leather sofas. But, it's a um, thing now to have mills in casting couch videos. <laughs> And I'm not talking about like nice leather sofas like Chesterfields. I used to have a Chesterfield. It's so couch, expensive though. And it was it was obviously I didn't buy it first hand. It was like second hand fucking on fifteenth hand even. I had like a really nice like green Chesterfield couch. And then somehow along the way I'd also managed to get a 
a Chesterfield armchair, but it was red. So they kind of went because wow. red and green really goes. Red and green. Yes, autumnal. This colours. is some gaudy autumnal. furniture. Autumnal is not a colour. Or- I mean, a word. I think autumnal. I, yeah, I know. What I you said mean. it with the wrong like. It's the colour of the falling leaves. But it was like a dark, nice, rich red. It wasn't like a bright pillar box red. It was like. I sound like a pillow box. I meant pillow box. It was like a nice dark red, and the green was like a dark green as well. So it did really go together, but I had to leave them. Anyway. This is my minimalist, imagist <clears throat> poem. The furniture. It's the colour of the leaves the trees discard. It's good. I go to a lot of poetry, poetry slums. slums. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I often lead with furniture-based verse. I do like a bit of a poetry slam. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't. They all have this exact same They do cadence. have the same rhythm. It's kind of like that basic Everyone's rap. poem is like the most forceful, meaningful mm. thing ever said. But I feel like some if the person... Like, there are a few that, like, stand above the rest, even though they do have that same beat of, like... You know, I was going to do cars. The cars go by. None of the cars see me. Am I a car? I could be a car. Are you a car? Cars are metal. And then they take a bow, and there's gentle golf clapping. It's like... And everyone's thinking it over, trying to puzzle over the deeper meaning. No, there are some really good ones I've listened to, but I know what you mean. When they're not good, they're not good. Yeah. You know, but when they're good, they're really good. But um, going back to the boring... Mun- mundaneness. Sure. Mundanity. Mundanity. I was going to say mundanity. Sure. Mundanity doesn't really sound right. Of the couch. It was also a size thing. It was really hard to find, like, one that was big enough, but I mean, small you're straining my, my self-restraint you know? and joke-making here. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I just heard little children. But it's, <laughs> well, that ties it's into the, middle of the, night. the next T-shirt slogan. Go. All children are creepy from far away. <laughs> Which, again, is a profound fundamental truth about our world, about this physical reality, <laughs> about society, about little humans. It's so true. And how they all seem like they could be in a horror movie if you see them from a sufficient distance away. It's so true. Like, if there's a child alone at the end of a hallway... <laughs> It doesn't matter what Why they look like. Why are you like. there? Why are you there? I don't the want end to be there. The don't, child has drawn me there. I don't know why they're there. Like a siren song. <laughs> That's funny how, like, most people, when they look at kids, it's like, oh, but we're like, no, that child is creepy. Yep. <laughs> Do you like Chesterfields because they're kind of... <laughs> I was just thinking about this. I, my mo- Why do I, when I laugh on the podcast, it comes out like Muttley? <laughs> <laughs> I do have that laugh. Yeah. I have like 10 laughs you and do. that's one of them. But that's the one that comes out on the podcast. And it's annoying because it's the worst one to come out on the podcast. I don't think so. It's just annoying. You do sometimes have the kiki key laugh. Yeah, the kiki key laugh. Say. Yeah. Kiki, do you love I knew me? you were going to do it. It's got nothing to do no, with that song and it predates right. Drake. I also don't know that song apart from dance videos. The videos that, that I've really shown you, yeah, yeah. Against wow. my will. No, not against your will. That one I showed you was really cute. You waterboarded me with visual imagery. <laughs> you waterboarded my eyes with Instagram. I did. What are you going to ask me about the yeah. Do you films? like them because they're kind of 
even when they're they've just been they're they're made in modern day, they look like antiques. Yes. Right. And also they're leather, but the cushions aren't leather. Right, yeah. It's just the back and the sides that are leather. But the actual bit where your legs and stuff go. I can't stand sitting on leather sofas. My legs look yeah. sick to them. And if I don't have bare legs, like I, I have like trousers on or something. <laughs> trousers. I just sweat. Not that I when wear trousers, but when I wear couch. like leggings or pajama bottoms or something, sure. my legs will just sweat. And there's nowhere for the sweat to go because it's a leather fucking sofa. And it doesn't feel good on any surface. <laughs> the leather drinks your bodily fluids. And the sofa is... <laughs> that could be a t-shirt slogan. <laughs> Six-word story right there. Sure. <laughs> yep. Uh, <laughs> Baby shoes. We should probably have a six-word story category, actually, thinking about it. Because yeah, a lot of true. those are probably six words. And we could probably put some of the miscellaneous ones into that. Anyway. What, what is that famous one from <clears throat> Hemingway, is it? That's where it started. For sale. Shoes in the window or something. Baby shoes. Yeah, yeah Never yeah. used. Because the baby died. Yeah, of course. Yes, of course. <laughs> it's got a nice rhythm I'm not to it, laughing though. at that. That's not what I was having. It has. I used to write six-word stories a lot. Sure. And post them on Tumblr because I was that chick. Sure. You know? There's nothing wrong with being that chick. That's why I fell in love with you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I anyway like, i was just gonna say i like that type of furniture where <laughs> why do you keep oh, laughing about this I, this is because what, i thought you were gonna talk about writing and then you were like anyway the furniture. i'm trying to make a point here but you okay, keep, go ahead, you go keep ahead, go meandering good. like a little river snaking oh, in between the jungle i don't want to snake i want to flow sure like a beautiful you want to free bleed yeah <laughs> it's the most comfortable to be honest it's a statement against the patriarchy Against this oppressive sanitary towel (laughs) oligarchy. Sanitary towel. (laughs) I hate that It's not the best. I feel like Americans don't call it that. They just call them pads. But we call them sanitary towels. That always makes me think of knee and elbow pads for roller skaters. Anyway, I like (laughs) that type of furniture where it looks... Like an antique, yeah. but it's not as rickety I and prone to falling apart as yeah. an antique. I remember my grandfather had this really handsome wooden bureau, and oh. it it looked like it was from 200 years ago, but I think it was probably made in the last 30 years. And it had, like, carvings on it, and it had, like, all the different drawers and like, little that sounds pretty. nooks. And Does it still have it? I think so, yeah. I, I remember it was, it was it's in a small room in his house. And I remember thinking, how the hell did he get it through the doorway? Yeah. Because I even at its narrowest point, things. it was wider than the doorway. Mm. But it didn't look like something that you could take apart and put back together. So then I started to think, has this has this been here since the house was built? <laughs> when, when we moved, when I was, well, I talked about it earlier, when I was like 11 or 12 and we moved into our first house... With my mom and then my stepdad, we what was already there when we moved in in my mom's room was this really big old, like with really thick wood, heavy, really pretty like vanity dressing yeah. table type thing, and uh, my mom we kept it because you couldn't get it out of the room. You had to, like you just couldn't get it out, um, or at least that's what we thought. So my mom had that for years, and then when we eventually moved. We somehow got it out of the room and I took it with me to my first apartment 
but then when I left there, I couldn't get it back out of that room. Like, oh, I don't know God. how we got it yeah. in. It was so hard to get in. Um, but, yeah, kind of makes me sad that I left so many good things. The Chesterfields. Oh, the Chesterfields. We'll get some more. Yeah, we'll be uh, thinking about those. pay an enormous fee. You have to get them secondhand. You can't get them new because they're just yeah. too expensive. I'm not down for secondhand furniture if, I, if I'm buying yeah, it. Yeah, I think... I wouldn't be now because I'm much more kind of like phobic of things now than I used to be. But back then I didn't care. So I don't care when I move into an apartment and it has pre-existing furniture. But getting secondhand furniture from like you're making the choice. Larry down the street sure. is like could be anything. <laughs> what do you mean it could be anything? I don't know. Back then as well, I, did, I don't think I'd, I had Rudy yet. So I'm very aware of like, what if someone had something and they had fleas? Yeah. And then bring in the fleas and Rudy getting fleas. But all the sofa cushions are saturated with ricin. You can have a lethal sofa. In fact, lethal sofa was the name of a little known Steven Seagal movie. He went on this murderous rampage to avenge the death of his sofa wife, killing this gang lord sofa, who was the main villain slash antagonist in the film. It was like this wide sofa, and at either end, where the arms are, there were there was affixed two machine guns, two chain guns, if you will. And it kind of just waddled towards Steven Cigar, and he waddled towards it with his own guns. And then they jumped at each other slow motion style. You're just looking at me. If I just stopped speaking, you just keep you're just, in you. You're just you giving just... me enough rope to hang yeah. myself. And I don't mean elaborate rope bondage. I mean noose, tree bow. No one was thinking about elaborate bondage in that I'm moment. I'm always, always, always <laughs> thinking about the rope, <laughs> as I call it. That's the name of my bondage magazine, The Rope. <laughs> We should write that down. That's got to be a thing. We should write that down. Okay, tell me some more on the list. I've got another under miscellaneous, as if yeah, we we need to have a separate category. Bats are just hamsters in wingsuits. <laughs> that was an observation oh, we made one day. That's cute. Is it cute or is it terrifying? You like bats. You want to stroke their soft furry I heads. don't like bats. Where have you got this from? Don't you want to tick underneath their little bat chins? <clears throat> no, they're weird. Are they weird or do they have membranous wings? They have membranous wings, which is weird. Are beetles weird or do they have chitinous shells? Hey. Don't you want to touch their chitin? No. You might want to. I don't. What if it was polished and shiny Stop. and it caught the it's light? It's freaking me out. Stop. Okay, under miscellaneous, we also have <laughs> Skidoo Flicktail, which would be the name of our pet duck. Oh. We also have... Skidoo. <laughs> under quotes. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm trying to decide which of these is okay to say on the podcast. Sammy has that nose expression before face expression. <laughs> I have to explain. And that's a quote from me. Yeah. One time we were watching a movie and something crazy happened on screen. And we did that kind of double take thing where we, we, we turned around and looked at each other. 
And before your face was frozen and before you actually had a facial expression, your nose twitched as if to like pre-communicate your, your feelings. <laughs> and that's how I, how I learned that your nose is like the weather vane of your heart. It is. It tells me what's going on before the winds actually start oh, blowing. That's nice. <laughs> Under quotes, we have, we don't recycle liquids here. And that was a jo- that was a joke about how gross it would be if we if society started recycling liquids as well as well as yeah. solids. Which is recycle the water, essentially. Yeah, well, the earth recycles the water. Yeah, it's gross. It evaporates Makes- into rain and then it falls back down as rainfall, and it's like a cycle. Do you have any examples of where you when you have recycled liquids? No. I don't. I, I habitually don't recycle liquids. That's like a that's like a main principle of my life. You don't even like to use the same kettle water twice. No. Why? Because it's been sat in the kettle. But you clean the kettle. Yeah, you clean the kettle, but the inside of the kettle is never as clean as you would like it to be. I guess. <laughs> Do you want me to give you... Uh, we're coming down to the end of the of this current recent list right now. Let me see what else we've got. This is one that I think only British people are going to get okay. because I don't think this is a food item that has made its way uh, okay. across the Atlantic. Corned beef <laughs> is just meat carpet. <laughs> and for the Americans... Corned who, beef is a thing in America. Uh, if, well, if you don't know what corned beef is, imagine that you took a bunch of slightly different coloured mincemeat and then like squished it in squished it together into like a block of and then rolled it out like no 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 wait squished all the meat together into like a block and then rolled it in some like jelly fat oh this is then put it in a tin and then give you a key to open the tin <laughs> because you know it's the only key in the world that opens something you don't want to get into yeah it's the anti-key but Sometimes for that first sandwich, no. a corned beef is nice, but then you realise what you're eating yeah. and you're like, oh, this doesn't taste nice. Kind of like prawn cocktail crisps. Kind of like salmon paste. Hey, <laughs> you eat what you get, get when you fucking are poor. 13 pence salmon paste is what we had to eat. You check the ingredients and it's 5% fish, Yeah, which is most likely what it it's was. It's weird because I don't like salmon anything else. I think my brother still, like, when he came over in January of this year, right. he bought salmon paste. Ugh. Oh, my God. Did you ever, like, I remember we had a specific cupboard in my family home when I was a kid that was just full of tins of things, like tins of yeah. beans, tins Most of Yeah, most people have, like, a tin cupboard, right? Did you ever, like, well, I think a lot of people just have a general pantry cupboard yeah. where everything is stored. But I, did you ever, like, pull a tin out sometimes and look at the date and it was from two years ago? Yes, all the time. I remember on in that same vein. Didn't we do this recently? Yeah, we, <laughs> we found a can of soup that was out of date. We've only lived here two yeah. years. And in fact, that's dan- it's quite dangerous. I, I vaguely recall I remember reading that really... Oh, yeah, isn't there something to do with soups? Really out of date soup, if, it's go- if it goes, if it just slowly starts to rot inside Ew. the can it can create botulism which is a very very dangerous bacteria that's insane 
Is it all soups? I don't. I can't remember. This is. I read this a long time. This is horrible. Ago. We haven't got any in there now, have we? No. But my my point was in that same vein. My mom had this little wooden set of shelves on the countertop, and it had little jars of spices yeah. on there. And I remember that being there my whole childhood. And no one ever using the yes, spices. No one ever. Because <laughs> when was my mom going to use cumin or coriander? Yeah. Most of our meals were in a plastic tub that you put in the microwave, to be honest. Really? Oh, yeah. Your mom didn't really cook that much. Right? Well, my mom worked a lot. Yeah. My sister would sometimes cook meals for us. That's nice. But a lot of the times it was just find something in the cupboard that can go in the microwave. Yeah, my mum was a little bit like that. She had like bouts of where she did cook for us. Oh, I remember when she would cook this fucking meal. I guess it's because it was easy and you could cook like massive portions of it and then save it for like other days. Chicken chasseur. Sure. It was just like chicken stew of some kind, I guess. Or like... And it was just had this really horrible flavour to it. And she always made me eat it. And I just fucking hated it. Anyway, but yeah. I'm not finished the story, by the way. I know, but I wanted to go about the spices thing. <laughs> that's that's where I'm going. Oh, okay, go on. And I remember they were, that was a fixture in my kitchen, like my whole childhood. And then one day she got a new one and we were throwing <laughs> the old ones out. And I swear to God, I checked the the used by date on some of these jars of spices and some of them were eight or nine years out of wow. date so they had slowly just been sitting there yeah. rotting corroding Ew, just becoming a, a little dusty mush inside a the dusty jars. mush yeah and i remember thinking like this is the grossest thing ever that they've just been sitting there like going bad right next to where we prepare all the food my stepdad was a big spice user well, he had a spice rack, and I know he definitely used them. And I, he was also a big, like, condiment user. They had, for, like, some of their time, they had, like, one of those big, like, American fridges where you open the doors like oh, that. Oh, those are so cool. And on the one side, the whole door was just condiments. Jesus. Yeah. I don't even know. How many, like... I have, don't like any condiments except You salt. have mustard, you have ketchup, you have mayonnaise. No, but What's he likes left? things like... Mayonnaise, but also like garlic mayonnaise and like all the different types of mayonnaise right. and then like chili sauce or whatever and all the different types of chili sauce and then things like that. So, yeah. Sure. Another item from this list is for some reason we have a whole category called hipstery coffee shop names. <laughs> we have uh, Fuck Siri, you, Siri has just activated again. Oh my god. What is it saying? It'll be on the screen. Don't press any buttons. Oh my god. It's given us the it's given us the definition of history. (laughs) It's sitting underneath our coffee table, just eavesdropping on us, (laughs) waiting for it. It's like it's like the third wheel in a conversation who's just waiting to drop in and say something. (laughs) Hey, do you guys know the definition of history? I know you guys were talking about the Olympics or whatever, but do you do you want me to give you this definition? It's because it was plugged in. Siri, you can activate Siri. But we didn't even say Siri. It just no. thinks we said Siri. Should I turn it off? No, it, it's not plugged in now, so it won't activate. <laughs> it will slowly die. <laughs> and in its death, it won't be able to produce words. It has to be plugged in for you to, like, say Siri and it for, t- for it to speak to you. 
Yeah. Uh, so underneath this category, we have sludgy wake juice. That's a good name. And wake juice is all one word. Sludgy wake juice. That would be a good little, like a little coffee shop, tiny, with no chairs to sit in. You literally just go in, grab your, your yeah. cup of joe, as they say, and yeah. walk out. Sludgy wake juice. It's good. It's a good name. I mean, sludgy is a bit Mm. not appetizing. No, I would say. But it's funny. It's cute. You never, when you're describing your your ideal food consistency, you're never thinking of sludge. You don't like when we're talking about stodgy cakes. You don't really think, oh yeah, yum. You don't want viscous food. Ew, ew. (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let me see if there's any left on here. (laughs) <laughs> Under miscellaneous, we just have John Good Actorman. <laughs> and that was a, a joke we made about how John Goodman is, is a very all good the actor. Movies? Oh, I thought it's because he was in it's all po- the It's a bit yeah. of both. Yeah. It's like we need a good actor. Well, then get, get John, John Goodman. John Good Actorman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that's his, his family name because he comes from a generation upon generation of talented stage actors. Let me read one. I think we're at the end now. Let me just see if there's any left. We're not at the end of the list. No, we are at the end of the list. No, I mean, I mean there's yeah. loads you haven't read. Oh, yeah, there's like dozens and dozens of entries. Let me have a look at band name. There's so, there's so many weird ones that I don't think I could... Yeah, there's so many ones that... We can't say because they're so rude or like so gross... But also the ones that you just can't explain. <laughs> I thought this is... A, I like when I have little brackets after it to explain yeah. what it would be. Under band name, I have garden shears in glory holes. And in brackets, that's an all-female horror-themed death metal band. <laughs> I thought that was a pretty I good like one. I like that one. That one's good. Let me see if there's any other ones. <laughs> Me, me, me. Okay. You can you can you can have the dregs. Yeah, yeah. There's loads on there. We need to get the other list. Yeah, we do ha- I do have the past lists archive somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> have you found one? Hmm. What the fuck is S <laughs> SUV Samantha under Velcro. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> Samantha under Velcro. I don't know. There are some that are so old and obscure that we don't even remember why we said or wrote them down. (laughs) You're doing little giggles, which means you found another one. (laughs) Damp girl and the moist towelettes. (laughs) That's pretty cute. That's a pretty cute one. (laughs) What the fuck is Ribena handjobs? (laughs) Again, Americans are probably not familiar with Ribena. It's just like a juice, like a like it's a, a brand mixed of, berry juice. Yeah, it's a brand of juice here, commonly associated with childhood. Yes, because they you, they come in little juice boxes. I yeah. think the idea Do you have was any that's a euphemism for childhood nostalgic fumbles, fumbles in the grass. Shall we Maybe. say? Maybe. <laughs> My dick is the seal. <laughs> what does that mean? I don't know. What would it seal? My dick is the seal. It's an album name. Is it like, you know how... 
you you pour hot wax on the back yes, of an envelope. Yes, I think it is. And then somehow your penis has an insignia that you stamp onto it. That way no one can intercede your your secret missives. Oh, why isn't this in? Oh, Cuddles After Coffee. Is What's that? That's an album name. That could be a jazz album yeah. name as well. Cuddles After Coffee. Sure. What other categories are there? Poetry collection names. <laughs> what have we got? There's only three. Sure. Hmm. Are any of them <laughs> fit fit for broadcast? Gentle butthole vibrations. Sure. <laughs> the gentlest. The gentlest. And that's a poetry collection name. That's a book of haikus. I'm not going to say what's in there, but there's a category called incriminating evidence. Oh, yeah. And there's only <laughs> one entry. <laughs> sure. Oh, I've pressed a But button. it's not attributed to anyone, so. No. How do I? What? what? You don't know how it to wants use. wants me to type. How do I get that away? Oh, you don't know how to use technology. <laughs> how do I down the keyboard? <sighs> You're the worst. You're like a, a, a grandma. Do I press up- this? Oh, okay. You could have just told me what to press. No. Um, okay, one more. Yeah. I think we've gone through the, the gamut. We've given people a glimpse into our disordered minds, our topsy-turvy psyches, our whimsy, a, if you will. A little, yeah. Why is it taking you so long to find because one woman? I'm reading them. There's a quotes one. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I can't read that one. I can't read that You're one. You're reading them for your own amusement at this point. It's supposed to be a show and tell. I don't really want to sniff a lot of dicks. Oh, I know. I remember the backstory of that. I remember. And I... I we think it's it. It. it's too risque. Is it when I said, "Do you think you would be able to? <laughs> Do you think you'd be able to identify?" <laughs> this would be take free on this sentence. We're going to get there in the end. Do you think you'd be able to identify my vagina if that's all you can see? Right. And then <laughs> you said. <laughs> Maybe not, but maybe by smell, because we all have our own smell. Didn't you? And then I said, yeah, that's probably how I would for you too, but I don't really want to speak. <laughs> I honestly don't remember that part of the conversation. Maybe we were high. I don't know. I think I think that might have just been a, a phantasm in your mind. That was funny. <laughs> It's true, though. In ideal circumstances... I don't really want to sniff a lot of dicks. It's true. No. And I think that's a a freedom guaranteed to you by the Constitution. Hopefully. Life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness, freedom from having to sniff a lot of dicks. Yeah. Benjamin Franklin was very, very strident about that. Yeah. He didn't want the colonists to have to examine penises with their olfactory sense. No. My nose is special. We've already established this. It's, yeah. In this episode. It gives me a premonition of what you're feeling. You're doing the cutest little nose twitch right now. He. Which I can't do, as we found out. Yeah. You're able to wiggle the end of your nose. It's not the end, is it? Yeah. It's the tip of your nose. You're able to make it 
Not like how she does on Bewitched, like a twinkie. But sure, no one can see that. But more like a, it goes up and down. Right. It's cute, it whatever like, it is. It's not like a bunny rabbit. Sure. You are it's like a, bu- a bunny rabbit, though. A pink bunny rabbit? Yeah. Yeah. Dancing through the fields with your little woodland critter friends. Did you ever watch Animals of Farthing Wood? No, I did not. Why not? Are you a savage? In a lot of ways. Are you a heathen? Almost definitely. Are you a miscreant? <laughs> you see how, how I've rubbed off on you? <laughs> uh, how did you not watch that? That was so good. I don't even know what it is. There was like a wolf. So it was pretty was, easy to not watch. That was like really like wise and had like a deep voice. And he was like, what are we going to do now? Sure. Or was he like a... Maybe I'm getting confused. There was like a deer, like a big strong stag. Sure. Like <laughs> You really had to emphasize the end of that word. Maybe it wasn't a wolf then. Maybe it was like a... But was he it... was very... He did have a very deep voice and he was very like wise. There's a big difference between a wolf yeah, and I a Yeah, I know. Deer. But I was really little when I watched this. I feel this. like I could possibly befriend a talking deer. <laughs> But a talking wolf I would be suspicious of until hey, the day I died. Have you not seen Twilight? And if I'm sleeping around a talking wolf, that's probably going to be a day that comes soon. There's not talking, they're not talking wolves. They're people who turn into wolves. Yeah. There's a big difference. Twilight is mentioned in every podcast, yes. I'm sure. It's your love. It's, it's your passion. my love. My love. Okay. I need to pee. Is it breaky time? <laughs> We're going to take a brief... There's going to be a brief intermission. Listeners, you can go out into the lobby, buy some snacks, check your phone for text messages. Buy that, like, overpriced ice cream that has, like, three mouthfuls. Sure. I've been to the theatre exactly once. Right. And that's your memory of it? Yeah. What did you go to see? It wasn't really the theatre. It was more like... A play. A pantomime. Oh, that's even Yeah. Nice. I was trying someone to save I, you from yourself, but you Someone didn't. I knew got free tickets, and so they were basically like, let's go. So I went. And not only was it... I had seen... I think I'd gone on like a school... Maybe I'd been twice then, because I think I went on a school trip where they made us go see Dick Whittington. And then when my friend... my wasn't even my friend. It was like a family member who got like free tickets... It was Looney Tunes do Dick Whittington. Oh, gosh. So it was, like, double the shit. <laughs> and we had, like, the seats. They were, oh, free, t- free tickets, but they were the s- bleachers. Right. We were, like, up at the very back. It was hell. <laughs> <laughs> it was a five-hour production. It was. It was really long. I just remember the shitty ice cream at intermission. Did, did they have holograms of Bugs Bunny and his ilk? Like when they have holograms of Tupac at Coachella? Was it that advanced uh, No, it production? was people in fluffy suits. Did you all have to put on VR goggles in the audience? Yeah. It was an augmented reality God, it was show. so bad. Yeah. Pantomimes are another thing that I don't think has reached escape no, velocity yeah. from the UK. With good reason, I might, I might add. That's true. What's their equivalent? I don't, I don't think, think there them. is an American equivalent. Or even a European equivalent. They're very uniquely... Shit. Yeah, but also (laughs) uniquely British. Yeah, they are. Oh, God. And with that bombshell... Go and pee. We briefly depart. We're back. Back in the New York groove. You know, I don't think I've ever heard that. 
the actual song. Yeah. I've only ever heard you sing it. I'm your conduit for all the great music you've not encountered yet. No, that's not true. I, mean, I have very good music taste. You, mm, you have a little bit of music taste. I think you'll find that my music taste is exquisite, sophisticated. No, mine is sophisticated and eclectic. I think you'll find I was the first person to introduce the world to obscure, highly regarded bands like Godspeed You, Black Emperor. I don't even know who that is. I told the world about Def Cab for Cutie. Hey, Def Cab for Cutie are good. I'm the proto-hipster. I knew the cool things before anyone else. Yeah, sure. Before they themselves even yeah, knew that they the were Before the band cool. even formed, I knew about them and I was closely watching their progress. What is wrong with you? What's like the new... What's like the cool indie band that hasn't hit it big yet, but every what, but the cool kids know about and really love right now? I don't know because I'm not a cool kid. That's startlingly honest, <laughs> which I think will be your epitaph. Yeah. You could do a lot worse than that, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't really follow that whole scene. What scene? Indie music. Okay. The bands you can only find through their unnamed SoundCloud mixtape. That's like really indie SoundCloud. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's weird. Like, I find new music in a really strange way. I feel like I'm not saying I'm the only person who does that, but yeah. Like, whereas like some people will just like listen to the radio or they will click on those like new music playlists on Spotify or whatever and they will find things that way. I don't really do that. Something I'd heard about in a vague sense, I'd often seen it be kind of the punchline, the knowing punchline of memes and things like that, was this whole chill hop, lo-fi hip hop stuff. Oh, yeah. And I kind of, I definitely do have that personality flaw where if something is popular it makes me less inclined to want to try it that's Mm, not a good thing to have yeah i know but in this case i actually did overcome that and it is really good music to have on the background while you're reading or writing or some people use it for studying i'm i'm past those days of academic toil myself but i do use it sometimes when i'm writing because it's very unobtrusive beats like it just kind of fades into the background yeah. of your mind but it also kind of con- it helps you concentrate in a way it focuses you because it's also all i couldn't tell you the name of any of these tracks that are played <laughs> on these youtube videos because they all sound so samey and they all kind of do the same thing and they like blend together yeah but that's kind of like a benefit for that what is, it's yeah. supposed to be it's kind of like cool kid version of muzak for the hotel lobby of your mind yeah it's just kind of like (laughs) it just it it fades into the background in that perfect way where you're you are listening to music but you're not thinking about it yeah it's stimulating your mind without you noticing it as soon as i have like a play like a writing playlist and it goes from like instrumental music all the way to like you know, it's got, like, that kind of, like, indie vibe to it. And 
so there are songs on there with words, but it's that kind of like lo-fi thing that you're talking about where it's so mellow that you can write to it still. But then every now and then there'll be a song on there that's not quite as mellow <laughs> that I've added for some reason. And yeah. I'm writing and all of a sudden it like kicks in or whatever. And I'm like, Geez, this is jarring. This is like pulled me out of my fucking... I don't need to be jolted by some kind of booming yeah. orchestra version. But also as soon as you want to sing along to it, you know you can't write to it yeah. anymore. And that's like a good identifier. I, I can't listen to new music when I write if it has lyrics. New music, yeah, music I haven't enc- like music I haven't already uh, why? known and loved, because with the music that I already know and these albums that I've listened to literally fifty or hundred times already, even though they have lyrics, I don't even hear or register the lyrics anymore. Mm. It just kind of goes in one ear and out the other. Whereas new music, if it has lyrics, and especially if it's not just bullshit pop lyrics that you're not even supposed to think about at all if it's quote-unquote real music i say semi ironically i am actually listening to the words and trying to put together meaning and if i'm sitting in front of a keyboard trying to craft my own words for my writing that's you don't need those two things competing you need to be focused on what you're doing Music I always have to sing along to, like Paramore. Like, I can't listen to Paramore without singing along to it, so therefore I could never listen to Paramore while I write. Um, which sucks in a way, because they're like... There's also a lot of band. Paramore stuff that's very upbeat and Yeah, fast-paced. it is. Like, you want to dance to, like, almost every yeah. song. Um, so that's not something I would listen to. But, like, things like Bonnie Vare and, like, Death Cab and things like that. <laughs> you don't even say the full name because you're, you don't, you don't you're such a hardcore fan. That's what they're called, yeah. Um, <laughs> that type of stuff, that's like, you know. I listen. Nick Drake, Jefferson Airplane, like things like that. Sure. These sound like cool names that, for cool kids. Maybe I am a cool kid. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> you said that so bashfully and like, I, I guess I am like kind of an indie darling. And then I have things like Adagio and like Claire de Lune and things like that on there. Sure. Sophisticate. <laughs> you don't say anything else. Well, just name yourself. I need, with a name. A, I need like a name badge, but it just says sophisticate. With a complimentary epithet. Or cool kid. That's either the way worst. they mean the same. Hello, my name is Cool Kid. Yeah, what do you want? Yeah, I some of my favorite music to listen to is funnily enough video game soundtracks. I love soundtracks, movie soundtracks, ugh, but it has to be a certain type. I would never listen to the soundtrack, although I do love the soundtracks for games like Halo, but those fast paced, although Halo d- does have some slow kind of melancholic songs on its ost mm. but what are you giggling i always joke about this the halo theme or the music that's always playing like in the background is very similar to a twi- one of the twilight themes are you talking about when i turn my playstation 4 on and no. the, the music that plays on the menu no it's a halo thing okay and i said it to you ever since i have i heard you play it like watched you play oh, halo. okay um and i find that really funny <laughs> okay i thought you were talking about because i have yeah i know you have that thing when i you... have an uncharted theme on yeah. my playstation and so it plays uncharted music i thought you might be talking about that but yeah i wouldn't listen to fast-paced 
action music where it's like booming and it's like fast and it it's it's made to kind of amp you up. Yeah. That's not what you want. I want some of my favorite soundtracks to listen to are anything Elder Scrolls, especially Morrowind, which is just is this kind of grandiose sweeping orchestral music, but it never gets too over the top, never gets too jolting. Mm. I really like listening to one of my favorite soundtracks of all time is the music for the first Deus Ex, which is all just kind of electronic mm. bleeps and bloops kind bleeps of music. But it's I know it so well, and I have such a nostalgic attachment to it that, yeah, I really enjoy writing to that. I really like soundtracks as well. Well, probably 80% scores, 20% soundtracks, because they're different. Soundtracks usually have lyrics, but not always. Um, some of my favourite, I like um, the Remember Me soundtrack is really good. The um, score, I mean, and not just because it's a Rob movie, but like it I is like really good. I like explain which Rob. Well, it's a Rob Lowe movie. Yeah, you can think that if you want to think that, because if you don't know, you don't know. And you don't need to know. But if you know, you know. And it's good that you know. You know. Because I know you know. <laughs> um, I like Hans Zimmer. Usually a lot of the things I like are by Hans Zimmer. Um, I really, I like the Social Network score. And I also like the True Romance score, that You Are So Cool track, where it's just like, dun 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 dun, dun. So good. I can have that on repeat and just write. Sure. Speaking of fast-paced stuff, though, there's a few things where it's like social network is a is a um, good example because I remember when they were doing the music with that is a little thriller esque to it even though the movie's not a thriller and um, there's these sometimes when the beat is very like urgent I like that sometimes because depending on what I'm writing it really goes with it right. um, sometimes you need that. Sure. It helps things flow out of you really fast, what it does for me anyway. Um, so, yeah. I, I, w- I do actually like some game soundtracks that have vocals. Mm. What jumps to mind straight away is the same studio made two games. First, Transistor, and then they made another game called Pyre, which is P-Y-R-E. And... If some of the tracks on those albums have lyrics to them mm. and some of them are just instrumental and I really enjoy both of them for writing. On my writing list, I have one of the songs from Life is Strange. I love, oh, I love the, the Life American is Strange girl. soundtrack. Da, 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 I, I love both da, da, da. the licensed soundtrack where it's other people's music, yeah. which is what you're referring to. And I love the, the actual, yeah, the original soundtrack. I, besides video game stuff, I really like just electronic or ambient music. I really like an artist called Helios yes. or Helios. I like Helios. Yeah, you do. You you turn me on to those. I like the electronic mute. Mu- <laughs> I like the electronic music of a guy called Damon Hatfield. Yes. I enjoy his you music do. a lot. I yeah I I would say ninety nine percent of the stuff I listen to doesn't it is just instrumental. Though. Yeah, Helios is the kind. Is it like a band? No, it's just one guy. One guy, is that Helios? Yeah, I have. Yeah, I don't know how to pronounce this. The, he has several albums where 
they're just made up words. Oh, okay. What's and this one? one is called. I don't, I'm going to embarrass say myself. It. Just say it's it. Ein, ein, yeah. Oh my God, Sigur Ross. <laughs> you just made me think of Sigur Ross. <laughs> Wait, before you get into okay. that, this is one of my. This is. This was the album that really got me into him. If my mangled pronunciation of it doesn't help you, it's okay. the album whose cover is two people holding hands in front of a sea and oh. it's zoomed in on their hands and, and what's the back the word? of their jeans. I don't make Just me say try it again. And say it. You it's really Ein, say it? Eininger or Eingier. Okay. I don't know. It's not a real word. Uh, okay. It might be backwards for something. I don't know. One of the, the, the what I was going to say about Helios is, is that when you turn me on to them, you like listen to this album. And when I put it up on Spotify, I played it. I'm writing. Two hours passes and I realise Helios is still playing it and it's just playing through yeah. the albums. And they're pretty similar, like in terms of if you're not really paying attention. Like I'm sure if you're a fan, you sure. know the differences. But like for me, it was that perfect blend together yeah, it's that type of sound music. that you needed in the background. I think the albums are actually quite distinct in their feel but i understand what you mean yeah uh, that was the first time i'd heard them yeah. so to me there was definitely i definitely still came out with it with a favorite though because there was one i skipped or right. one a couple of songs i skipped because they had in those particular songs they had what sounded like tinnitus in the background <laughs> and i am very i am sure. one of my worst fears is that i will get tinnitus yeah. touch wood don't tap where the you mics gotta. are hoisted it's the only from. wood in sight um yeah, what you said reminded me of Cigarettes. Love Cigarettes. Write to Cigarettes. Is that how you say it? I'm pretty <laughs> sure it is, but I don't think I've ever heard anyone say it out loud. Yeah, these are these are words that we've only ever seen written down. Yeah. I, I guess that was how, is how you'd say it. It's Icelandic, yeah. right? Yeah. So I'm not fluent. Yeah. By the way, know. that album that the Helios album we're talking about, I have the vinyl of. Yes. Which I'm quite. That's one of my favorite possessions, possessions yeah. because this particular album, its original vinyl pressing became like a super rare collector's item. Uh, and then... I remember when you got it. Yeah. The guy behind Helios, this guy, because there people, his fans were clamoring for this thing that was so hard to get. He did another run of them and I got one of them and... I really love the artwork yeah, for this album. Yeah, it's really album. cool. I love the artwork for a lot of his albums, mm. but this one in particular. And I, and I have it framed on the shelf. We do have it framed next to... We have, like, the record in, and then the cover in a frame next to each other. You've switched it round once before, right? Yeah, because it's... Because it's got... A, yeah. On either side of the vinyl case, there's a different part of the album art. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. I also have a signed album from Kidney Thieves. Yeah, you do. I'm a big fan of their music. Yeah. I, I was super psyched to back them on Kickstarter a few times. I have some handwritten lyrics. You do. They're so pretty. They're from like the lead singer. Between our bookshelves. Yeah. They look really nice. we got like matching frames. Yeah. Them, all grown up like. <laughs> My art bit that I have hanging basically consists of. Do tell. Chubby half naked chubby mermaids <laughs> a marilyn monroe mirror which sure. is really weird like it's really weird and really just amazing all at the same time i went to like a car boot sale which is like a yard sale i guess if people don't know what a car boot sale is sure and um isn't it 
There's another word for it in America. Yeah, what's the house one? Oh, it's a yard no, sale. No, but there's another, not a flea market. You're thinking of like a swap meet. Yeah, swap meet. Is that what it is? No, because no. I think that's where there's you actually an, swap things, isn't I should it? never put this up. But there's another phrase in America for what we would call a, a boot sale. Not a yard sale? No, what is it? I have, I, I have derailed so, the conversation yeah. for a pointless Yeah, quest. so I went to her car boot sale where things are always cheap. Usually yeah. they're less than £5. A lot of times way less, like 50p a pound. Anyway, I saw this mirror. It's a mirror, but it's got Marilyn Monroe's face on it. You can still see in the mirror. I can't really pick But you get to pretend it. that her face has been transposed upon your own. No, that's weird. That's not why I look at it. But I don't use it as a mirror. I just use it as like a piece of art sure. kind of thing. And I thought they were going to say like it's really expensive even though it's a car boot, but it was like really cheap. It was sure. like two pounds or something. Maybe even less. And you I've had have... it for years. I've had it for like half my life. Sure. You also have an original Jackson Pollock estimated value $1.26 million. Sure. Sure. Um, I also have, <laughs> yeah. I'm silently crying tears of dejection. Yeah. I don't want to say what I also have. <laughs> it has to be secret. Only just, I can know I'm about it. I'm just done it. with this, this, this. Sure. You have any other music you want to? No. Cigarettes. I, I'm glad I remembered them because I listen to them a lot when I write. But yeah, so. Should we move on to the topic? Let's move on to the topic. I might. I don't have to. You do. Because I've got your toes. You do. You do. Skidoo. You do. Skidoo. Skidoo. Eagle-eyed viewers. (laughs) (laughs) Will know that I said that earlier. Sure. In regards to the list of crazy. That's also where we got the name Skidoo Flicktail from. Yeah, that's what I was talking about. Oh, I thought you were talking about... Oh. Uh, no one would have been able to put... Uh, yes, they would. No one would have been able to go from eyed. A to Z on that reference. Yes, you were asking too have. much of them. No, I wasn't. You're underestimating them. I treat our listeners like no. children. They're all my children <laughs> and I am their lord. They're all children. They shouldn't be listening. Well, no one can stop them. Yes, their parents should stop them. There's no age rating on our podcast. There should be. But there's not. What with, I don't want to fucking sniff a lot of dicks and all that. (sighs) Hashtag always remember. Yeah. I'm sure they will. (laughs) It's quite a visual. Is it? No. (laughs) (laughs) What is wrong with you? Where are you going with this? I don't know. (laughs) Give me the fucking topic before you have your toes for dinner. Sure. (laughs) I, I still don't know what I was going to say. Where, where is a place where people line up and... No, let's not go down this road. <laughs> and expose well, themselves. What is wrong with you? <laughs> a firing squad? But with ejaculate? The podcast just ends there. We because make I that cut joke you off. too many times. No, it's a part of it. It's like on Veep when she's always asking... If the president called. <laughs> Eagle-eyed viewers might be able to discern that we started re-watching Veep. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's so good. It is so good. It's coming back next year. It might. Oh, it is. It might. It is. It could. It is. Okay, so the topic is 
I was going to bring this up, I think, on the last podcast, but we ran out of time. Not that we were recording on tape. So it's not like we, we could have... We, we ran out of tape. <laughs> the laptop just shows a screen saying, please let me die. Uh, oh my God, is the laptop plugged in? Yeah. Okay. Do you remember that one time? Yeah, I do. The time <gasps> of times. <laughs> what happened? Did it save it? Yeah, the the plug was not actually plugged into the side of the laptop, so the battery just depleted. And then when it reached 1% battery, instead of turning off, which would have lost us the whole recording, it went into sleep mode. Uh, and so as soon as I noticed, if to me, I was like, we've lost it. Yeah, because you just looked at me and were like, yeah. no, no. I was just so... I, to think that we just sat there recording like a two-hour yeah. chunk of the podcast and it was gone was just, what are you even going to do with yourself at that point? Yeah, throw yourself out the window. Pretty, And we're only on the first floor, so yeah. you'd get minor injuries at best. Yep. You get the sympathy of the paramedics, at least. Maybe. It'd be a cry for help. It would be. So when I plugged the laptop back in, it came out of sleep mode and I saw that the recording was still oh, there. That was such a relief. That was a godsend. You were just like, you were completely convinced it definitely wouldn't yep. be there. And I was like, maybe it saved it. I never, we talk, talk about this sometimes. We have bad luck. <laughs> Things happen to us where I say, this type of thing happens to us yeah. all the time. And it's very rare that That's in one true. of those situations where it could have gone well or it could have gone badly and you don't know yet, you're about to find out. 99% of the time, I feel, for us, it goes the misfortunate way. Yeah, I do feel like that. Just some wood, just in case. What deities have we I don't know. Offended? We must have done something. Sure. Anyway. Give me the, you, you know what you've done? You've not given me the topic, and that's the punishment. Come on. <laughs> okay, so this was an opinion piece, I guess you could kind of say. It reads more like a blog post on the New York Times, entitled, Is Astrology Religion for Those of Us with No Religion? Question <laughs> mark. I enjoyed this piece. It's <laughs> kind of witty and irreverent and occasionally self-aware enough to be self-deprecating this woman essentially writes that after she had to deal with some difficult things in her life she had some a back injury i think it was and her mom died she turned to kind of woo-woo spiritual stuff like crystal healing and fortune tellers or that's not what they call themselves Psychics. Yeah, but mediums. Mediums. Where they can... Is that when they can speak to the dead? Yeah. What is it when they can predict your future? Psychics. Oh, okay, yeah. So she turned to that whole... Or like palm readers or something. Right, yeah. Tarot card yeah, readers. Yeah, yeah, So she turned to that sphere to try and find some solace, to try and form some meaning, to try and get some help, basically. And her point is essentially... And I've seen this echoed a lot of places... And that's why I kind of picked this as the specific example so we could talk about it. She's essentially saying, this stuff helped me, even though, you know, I don't really think it's true. I don't think it's real. I don't think this actually has genuine physical power. But even if it is all make-believe, what does it matter? Because it gave me some hope. It gave me some comfort. Isn't it fair to adopt and embrace these things even if they they may not be true if they help improve your life in some way and so i was thinking about that 
what do you think of that argument that spirituality is in a sense this kind of harmless innocuous thing that you can implement in your life to help cheer you up to help give you something to hold on to and that it's not really a big deal whether or not it's true not just i uh, just before you jump into what i'm sure is a very interesting point but i just wanted to say not just stuff like crystal healing and tarot card and stuff like that but that, that whole domain yeah of i know I ghosts yeah. and what have you i think there are levels okay okay i think the extreme levels where people are like I can speak to your dead nan or whatever, and then they tell me they're speaking to my dead nan. I'm like, honestly, fuck you. Like, that's just horrendous. It's predatory. Yeah. It's taking advantage of someone's grief. And it's not real. Do you tell me what you want? Oh, I went to this thing and she told me all these things. Okay, that's because they can read you and you've already given so much information. And you are just waiting for them to tell you certain things so that you can basically let them know that you're they're on the right yeah. track. Um, in order for it to, like, be real, I would have to go and see someone myself. And I'm not willing to do that because right. I don't think it is real. And even then, I probably still wouldn't believe. I'd want to... I'd, I'd be like, well, they knew who I was beforehand because I had, like whatever, and they found stuff out. Like, they'd have to tell me something really fucking private and obscure for me to believe it. <laughs> this is your favourite Sigur Ross song? No, because I talked about that stuff online already, but, like, it had to be something really, really obscure. Sure. Um, And then the other level is, like, when you have to, like, constantly pay money for stuff. Right. That's obviously an extreme thing that I worry about because people get taken advantage of. Not to say that you shouldn't want to spend money on this stuff because it's lot you could you can liken it to a hobby. Well you spend this much money on like music or video games, isn't that just the same thing? I'm getting joy out of this just like you're getting joy out of it. But I guess the difference is is that people will prey on you and they will tell you they are doing something for you and you will give money and they're not necessarily actually doing that thing even though you're still getting joy out of it. It's like that's why I'm saying there's right. levels. The other level of it that I don't like is when people let it lead everything they do like religion. When people are like really extreme about like signs, like the zodiac sign, yeah. when they're like, oh, you're such an Aries, you do something and that's their response and it's like, okay. I don't really know what that means. But, but in their minds, you're now pegged as just a damn Aries. Yeah. And when it's like they do that with like every other thing you say, like that's because the sun is in fucking retrograde or whatever. <laughs> the sun is the in moon. Retrograde. You know what I mean? The moon is that's in retrograde. That's a pretty serious situation. And I'm just like, honestly, fuck you. So there are levels. Yeah. You believe that those astrology readings are still in major newspapers? Yes. I mean... Obviously, usually when I see people trying to be legit about, like, the Zodiac stuff, they usually, like, don't get me wrong, I know the signs and stuff, the horoscope that you read weekly, that's bullshit. I'm talking about when you really get into, like, astrology and, you know, the nitty-gritty. I understand that they're two different things. And I I just, I guess I just don't like it when people are trying to, like, 
So someone coming along and being like, you're an Aries, so this means, and it's like, no, that's not true, and I don't want you to tell me that crap, because <laughs> I don't want it. Yeah. So. Yeah. Stuff like that I see is, I think there's definitely a spectrum, like you said. I would say people who pay attention to the horoscopes are on the most innocuous end of the spectrum. Especially if they're just taking it for their own. I think it's misguided and I think it may potentially trip them up if they base what they do that day depending on what it says. Yeah. You know, Aries, today you're going to run into some good fortune, take a leap of faith. We're and both then, Aries, by the yeah. way, we hadn't guessed. <laughs> and then they cross the road before the light has changed yeah. because they think they've got divine protection. But generally speaking, I think that type of stuff is just... I don't think it necessarily, A, will have a big effect on your life either way, and therefore it won't it won't have a big negative effect on your life. Yeah. But then, like you said... Yeah, it's more so when people try to, like, project it onto you. Right. And, like, but then on the other end of the spectrum where it is just a money-making enterprise, cynically taking advantage of people, especially exploiting them in moments of extreme vulnerability... Like when they're grief stricken, uh, like when they feel lost and they're searching for meaning somehow. That whole, like you said, come to me and I'll tell you what your dead loved ones couldn't tell you before they died. I can have no truck with that. Those- you know how I would know? You know how I would know? Sorry. <laughs> okay. I just get so. You know how I'd know it was a fucking lie? Because the only person I'd want to speak to is my nan. And you know. She's not going to be like, oh, I love you and all this bullshit. I probably shouldn't say this in case I ever go and see one and they listen to this episode. But she would be like, what do you want? Yeah. You know? So I know, you know, unless a person comes back and says that to me, I'm going to be like, bullshit. She would say something gruff and adorably old lady-like. She'd be like, you stole all my pens. Where are my pens? (laughs) And, you know. Do you want to watch Dirty Dancing with me through the dimensions? Make me some tea get the ginger biscuits it wouldn't be like <laughs> i love you i mean she's not to say yeah. she didn't but she's not that's not yeah, going to be what but she that's says. what they would go with because yeah. they're just assuming but yeah that i i do see that whole industry as just a den of scumbags i mean i think it's pretty indefensible yeah me too i don't blame the people who go there because i i i wouldn't blame i i have never experienced the death of someone that i was very close to in my adult life the only thing i have even close to that is when my grandmother died but that was when i was i was a kid yeah and i didn't i didn't have that much memory but so i in a sense i i would never blame someone you were just a little 256 megabyte (laughs) i didn't have that much memory how dare you now i'm a terabyte (laughs) yeah Oh my god, just as a quick aside. Your face then was so cute. Yeah. As I was saying that and you were trying to figure out what I meant for that I split really second. I really did not know what you, you were meant. just like I had wonder and confusion yeah. and awe. It was cute. Um Yeah, do you remember do you I know this is a slight aside, but you just reminded me. Do you remember when you'd have memory sticks and they were 128 megabytes yeah it's like what are we supposed to be putting on this one word document (laughs) but back then at the time that seemed like a huge storage capacity oh my god this one's 256 what am i gonna do with all this space you could put two albums on. they were bigger as well they were often like thick and like the size of like highlighter pens yeah 
Now mm. you can get one literally the size of your thumbnail that holds yeah. five terabytes. It's insane. For like eight pounds. Yeah. And you before it was like expensive. Put every single piece of literature ever created onto a thumb drive at this point. I remember when I was like the year before, you know, when you're in college or wherever you are and you're like thinking about applying to universities. So you're doing That's your... going to confuse Americans. Oh, when you're applying for college, so about the age of 18. Yeah. Um, and you're sending off applications and then people or maybe there's people that want you to go to their university or college and so they send you like a packet in the yeah. mail they would give yeah. out free thumb drives I remember, yeah. and i remember thinking it was such a big deal because they were always like 256 megabytes or whatever and yeah and that they were expensive at the time <laughs> do you remember when i when i first started my university they, you got a free fucking e-reader. I oh, got a free thumb drive, <laughs> and you got a free e-reader. They gave out Kindles to every every student on the first day, and I remember when I came home, you were like, "My university didn't give me anything," yeah. and you just got like a free hundred pound Kindle. Yeah. I, I almost didn't it. get that because yeah, I, I showed up late. But then I finagled it with you my charm finagle. and my wit. With your luscious locks. You had long hair then, do you remember? And you were just like flicking it at the woman and she's like, I'll give you my firstborn. Sure. (laughs) I don't want to take it from you. I mean, we can raise it together in a loving relationship. (laughs) I don't need you to... I'm not doing a pagan Satan-worshipping sacrifice in the Uh. woods. I don't need infant blood to write my pentagrams. What is wrong with you? You had to say it. Anyway, to make a hard... A hard left a back hard to where turn. we were talking about. Yeah, I, because I don't know what that's like, I would never blame anything that, even if it was extremely foolish, like I think this is. But whatever you need to do to get you through that time of grief derangement, yeah. I would never blame someone for doing that. I, that's why I like try not to go too hard, because I know the power of that grief. And... It's a confusing, horrible time, and it doesn't just last those few weeks that, like, afterwards, you know. And so I don't blame people for wanting to, like, talk to people or for wanting to find out that they're in a good place, etc., etc. What I blame is the people saying that they have abilities, when they don't. Making money off this. You know, if they really yeah. had abilities, why aren't they working for the government? Like, <laughs> don't you think, though? Sure. If that was a real thing, wouldn't you be working with, like, the government or the police or, like, NASA or something? I mean, NASA's a bit of a stretch, but, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Use your clairvoyant powers to find ISIS. But instead you're on ITV fucking 2, <laughs> talking to fucking... Yeah. Sad, just... bereaved people. It's just... Yeah, that's why I think all my scorn, all my contempt, all my hatred goes towards those people. I think it's such a despicable way to make a living, to take advantage of people like that. Oh, my God. And I just one last yeah. thing. I do wonder sometimes how many of them consciously know that they are essentially con men and how many of them are so trapped in the web of their own delusion that they really do believe they're helping people. 
that's kind of the step I wanted to move on to, but it made me think of when we were watching that show, First Dates, but yeah. we were watching the American First Dates, yeah. and they're quite young. He was like 20-something or whatever, and he's like, I'm a medium, and the date is like, so your whole life's a lie then. Like, <laughs> it was quite kind of like that. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't blame him for saying what he said because he's a con man. The date was really weird, remember, and yeah. like short, and I'm just like... You know, what do you say? Say say I'm a medium. I'm either in the category of I know it's all a lie and I'm conning people because I'm like a really good reader at like reading people and trying to get this information. Um, do I then, when I meet like the love of my life, do I like let him in and say like, the, I'm, yes, I'm, this is a lie, obviously. Right. This is how I do it. But I have to mark it as me talking to the dead because no one's going to come and pay for blah, blah, blah. Or am I in the category of maybe I'm a bit mentally ill because I think I'm speaking to dead people. And so it's strange territory because – and there's got to be an overlap of those, like you said – they start out being like a con man, but they end up really believing that they have this ability because they've that's their whole life and they've been doing it for years and they're now living in what they think is real. It's like you're progressively driving yourself insane. Yeah. Like you you are pretending to hear these voices for so long that eventually you do have those auditory hallucinations because yeah. that just makes it easier for you. Yeah. That's, that's really dark when you think about it. And maybe some of these people do have that, Maybe they think they can speak to yeah. other people because they do have mental illnesses. Like, there's got to be an overlap somewhere there, sure. you know. So how do you think that compares to, if you own kind of a, you know, one of those like spirituality shops and yeah. you sell crystals and you sell magic healing bands and you sell whatever the assorted tat is that's supposedly going to tap into this chakra and energy yeah i don't know too much about like crystals and stuff but my mom has dabbled a little bit in that type of stuff so she'd always be like you know here's some rose quartz for like whatever and she has like a chakra necklace or whatever and you know and i know her friend is into it as well because i remember she bought her like a gift once and that was like a chakra necklace and and she also you know i'm sorry mom because she does listen to these sometimes she also, I'm not too, I'm not like 100% on the details, but I know that she basically went to see someone, not like a medium, kind of like a therapist, but not really. It's kind of like a retreat type of thing where you pay money and they like, you know, <laughs> I'm trying not to offend my mom, <laughs> but like she knows I'm not like, you know, I said all this to her. I'm trying to, like, get it square. Okay, so basically she did things like, you know, make a potion. Like, they collected dirt and flowers and whatever, and she put it all in a thing and she drank it and it was supposed to, like, mean something. And I'm sitting over here laughing. Sure. (laughs) But, like, only part laughing. Laughing because it is kind of ridiculous. But at the same time, I know that this thing helped my mom. Yeah. And I can't deny that. I think even as a symbolic act, these things are quite potent. Yeah, especially if you're away with a group of people who are all doing the same thing 
and it becomes this like it's kind of like when you go to like a sleepover as a teenager and it's night time and you all think it's a good idea to do a Ouija board. Like you get caught <laughs> up in the night. Yeah. You get caught up in the you and your friends in the middle of the night doing something scary. Like, you know, I understand it. And I understand that my mum came away from that having it as a positive. She felt good and she needed that at that time. Yeah. That's why I'm like part, well, if it makes you feel good, that's fine. Sure. But... I just worry, I worry, you know, I worry that it's like taking advantage of people. If things like that help give people a sense of catharsis or closure or relief or whatever, that type of thing I do think it's hard to take issue with because it is, in a sense, it's almost like any other, there's a lot of things that we do that aren't necessarily productive, but they make us feel better. Yeah. Because they're they're a way to put all our worries onto something else, and then like escape, like an emotional scapegoat. Yeah. You just kind of push that away, and so I I feel like it'd almost be hypocritical to say. But then again, those people aren't doing it, or presumably aren't doing it in this kind of self-aware, kind of meta way. They do actually buy into it, and that's what yeah. There are me. I think there are different people. There are people who like buy into it and get addicted to it they yeah. think it's everything single thing is like completely real and it's like a transparent thing i think with my mom it's more like part real part it doesn't matter it helps yeah because she's a therapist herself and she's like a big believer in like letting go of things like pushing things away and like visualizing things and inviting good things in and asking the universe for things she's very much like that and so i can see how that would help her and obviously i'm grateful for that but there are other people like what we're trying to say where it's like they think they go and see like a medium or they get spend a million pound on crystals and like all this other stuff and they really believe in it and they rely on it to a certain extent that it's like troubling. Yeah. And I guess you can say that about anything. Like you can say, well, I have an addiction to like, I have a shopping addiction. Shopping makes me feel good. And so I shop all the time. That's like, can get scary if you start spending your rent money and like taking out loans and stuff. Like that's, Everything has, I think, like a limit, like a scary part of it. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I just think beyond even the financial dimension, there can be, I think, exasperated physical consequences for some of these superstitious beliefs. If you have some kind of illness and you're deciding to treat it primarily through crystals, that's going to turn out badly. Especially if it's a serious illness that actually needs real Western medicine to treat, you can't just you can't just rub rose quartz over your hip bones and think that they're gonna heal the fractures. Yeah. It doesn't work like that. Obviously, that's like another scary side to it that I didn't even think of in this very moment. But yeah, like when people are like, "Drink this fucking wheatgrass and you won't have get cancer." It's like yeah. I see what you're trying to say. Is that when people are like? have more antioxidants i get what you're trying to do but it's not actually going to do anything like on that extreme level 
then people bring up the whole placebo effect, which is true to a certain extent. Yeah. If someone believe, it's like they've done studies on the power of prayer in that people who are recovering from illnesses or surgery or whatever, if they are praying for their own recovery and they truly believe that those help them heal, sometimes they heal faster than they might otherwise have done mm. because there is that placebo effect. But I don't think it's a very good way to go about it when there are such better alternatives available. It just made me think of something I read just yesterday where it was like a quote from Anthony Hopkins who said that like he was an alcoholic and he went to AA and someone said to him, why don't you just trust God? Yeah. And from that moment, he wasn't an alcoholic anymore. Sure. And he never thought about drinking again. And it, like, healed him or whatever. And I have so many (laughs) thoughts about that. Obviously, it's not like, you know, if you take it literally, it's not like a magic, some some magic happened. (laughs) It's more like he decided to lean into that and that be his support system and that be his crutch rather than alcohol uh, and i'm sure it was not as simple as one ever drank it you know yeah. what i mean like yeah maybe you know but it gave him something to psychologically hold on yeah. to and to put ahead of himself i get that and that's good and i'm glad that it helped him in his recovery he was basically trying to say the power of the mind right is like if you can tap into it it's extreme. You can get, you know, you can yeah. get yourself to do whatever. I get what he was trying to say. A lot of people take issue with those 12 step programs, though, because hard coded into the language is you have to surrender yourself to a higher power, yeah. whatever that might be. There's no like strictly secular version of it. And even though it helps people, I think, ta- I think telling people that they are not responsible. And that they do not deserve the credit ultimately for helping themselves get better is potentially quite a dangerous thing yeah. to do. I think there are there are like you can get separation from that in that like there are meetings that don't necessarily go by the book. Cause I when I was looking for an overeaters group, one of the reasons why it was hard for me to find one is because a lot of them use the bible like they'll say when you're looking up groups it will say like under a group in london wherever will be like by the book it will say and then another group will be like book and something else and then and so it was hard for me to find one where it wasn't going to be because i don't want to go somewhere in there and be like god doesn't want you to eat this much like fuck off like (laughs) i'm gonna commit a murder if you say that to me like i'm gonna commit a day aside I just, I just can't. And obviously some people that's fine, but like... If God gets in the way of me and this cake... Yeah. Only one of us is leaving the room. I'm going to commit a fucking crime. A holy crime. I just can't. A holy assassination, if you will. It's kind of like that for me as well when people die and I have to go to church and have the priest say all this bullshit. It's like, for me, no. Yeah. I don't want to hear that crap. That's not what you want. Um... But that helps some people. Yeah, yeah. That's I would never. And I, 
obviously I'm not going to be good to the people that, yeah, exactly. that helps people, that helps people, but it's not for me. Especially if the person who died stipulated that they wanted a, a church funeral. Yeah. Then it's not, it's not about you. It's yeah, about what exactly. they wanted. Exactly. So that's, that's a different category. I just, I do just worry. I worry about people putting their faith, like we were saying with the crystals and how they're not actually going to heal you. They don't have this immaterial healing energy that they're radiating at mm. all time. It's like how, you know, to equate it to a more ridiculous example, but it's honestly in the same sphere. It's the same type of thing. Those, you know, there's fake martial arts dojos where they believe in channeling their chi and they can like throw people across the room by just like thrusting their hands towards them. I do not know about this. Yeah, this is a, th- there's a lot of kind of, Phony. So you don't, what do you go there for? They're these kind of like ancient faux martial arts where you're you're tapping into this inner spiritual energy to exert physical so force. So instead of actually physically fighting, you're like... There is some physical fighting, but you're, you're supposedly empowering yourself. You're strengthening yourself more than you could normally be by tapping into this chi inside of you. Oh, okay. Yeah, this is a whole phenomenon. And then, of course, when they actually get into a real fight against what someone who knows do? how to actually fight, a boxer, uh, yeah. a guy who does jiu-jitsu, Muay Thai, whatever, they quickly learn to their own physical peril Jesus. that none of this bullshit actually works. That's I think that that distills it down to me because although that's a very extreme example there's a there's di- a direct link towards incurring that physical injury. I do see a lot of this other stuff as along the same lines. It's just a much more drawn out time scale. You might believe in crystals for a couple of years and it's really just this kind of kooky hobby you have, but then you do get sick. It's like a time bomb just waiting yeah. to like blow up in your face. Eventually, 10 years down the line, you do get sick and it's now become so... this belief structure this hobby has become so enmeshed in your life your daily routine the way you view the world that it's the only thing you have to fall back on mm. and then you do start sleeping in a bed of crystal skulls yeah. whispering to them asking for their healing power instead of going to a hospital it's like when people spend their whole lives kind of like answering to god and going to church and doing every single thing possible that they th- that they could possibly do to kind of give to God kind of thing. And then someone gets sick or something happens and instead of, like, going the route that could help, like the police or to a hospital, it's God will lead us. It's like, no, no. Like, God can help you along the way while you sit in that hospital bed, but he's not going to take away the cancer. Like, Sure. He put the cancer there. It just makes me sad as well because people have power over people. So if a child gets sick or whatever and the mom or the dad is like into these crystals or whatever and they're just like, we don't need the chemo, we need the crystals. It's like, no. And I know sometimes chemo is not the best answer, um, but it's just an example. It's a better answer than prayers, frankly. That yeah, when you hear about Jehovah Witnesses not allowing their kids to have blood transfusions, yeah. that's when you start to see that all these arguments about how it's just this just this innocuous belief I have and it just yeah. kind of 
gives me a little extra oomph throughout the day, gives me a sense of hope. And it's not, it doesn't really interfere with how I like, I interact with the world or the things that I do. But then you see these really dark, fucked up examples of how believing in something that's not true ultimately in the wrong circumstances can be extremely dire yeah it just you you might go your whole life without being challenged in that way by the a predicament but you might not like Mm. it's just a it's a roll of the dice and obviously i'm definitely all for like you just said like if somebody's giving you the extra oomph you need to get out of bed i'm all for that sure because i know how hard that can be to feel just like utterly shit and have no energy and just feel like the world is ending. If you need those things to kind of help you get through the day, then yeah. But once it starts to like govern you and like it affects the people around you in a negative way, then I think there's, you know. Yeah, I would just draw a hard line between the sympathy I feel for those people in that, like we said, I don't begrudge them the things that, that they do or they feel that believing in helps, helps them with whatever they're dealing with. But I think it's fair to, on the one hand say that, but on the other hand say it would be better if you could, if something true could help you instead. Yeah. It'd be better if you could find that solace from something that was real, physical, true. Yeah. But I, I do understand what you're saying, though. Those those little kind of quaint superstitions. The one that pops into my head straight away is when I would go with my mom to tend to my grandmother's gravesite. She has like this nice granite headstone and like a little rectangular plot where there's like little white stone gravel on it. It looks looks very nice. And we would go to it and to see her grave. And while we were there, we would kind of clear up, clear away the leaves and maybe clean the headstone a little bit. And my mom had this thing where if a, a bird, in particular a robin, landed nearby, she would always say, like, that's your grandmother. Like, yeah. she's watching over us. She came to see us because she appreciates what we're doing. And this is her showing that she's there and that she loves us. And I would quite strongly struggle to find a way to be like no don't think that that's silly don't say that because it's such a little nice thing that for all my other talk about how i want to take like a hardline stance on it there are little things like that where i feel like you'd have to be kind of heartless to try and deny people because it's just you know, it's like so... Yeah, I agree. My mum often says that about butterflies, about my nan. Um, I think one came in the house or something at one point. Um, yeah, so she has said stuff like that. And, you know, I don't sit there and go, don't be silly. Like, yeah. I'm not like that. Like, for all the stuff we've said, I would never do that to someone. Sure. And I don't even really think, no, it's not nan when she says it. I lean into stuff like that if I'm like with my mum or whatever and she says, oh, that's Nan, I'll be like, yeah. Yeah. It would be, yeah. It costs you nothing to just go along with it in the moment. It would be kind of cruel to to throw a bucket of cold water on them and say that's Uh silly, enough of that nonsense. You don't want it. That would be sadistic in a sense. 
Yeah. <laughs> you just talking about butterflies has reminded me. Do you remember how I told you about the butterfly farm? You still haven't taken me. Yeah. There was He's a- always teasing me, you know, guys. He's always saying there's this crazy, beautiful like, place where you can go and butterflies will just land on you and love you. And he hasn't <laughs> taken me. You. He's told me about this since 2011. It's now 2018. Yeah. There's, and we have not gone. There's this place near where my family home was in the city I originally lived in. Where it's like this huge, huge, almost looks a bit like a converted warehouse because it's like a really high ceilinged place, and it's just full of like trees and like bushes and like kind of like a greenhouse. Yeah, kind of like that. But it, you walk through it yeah. like gradually. It's like a trail, but an indoor nature trail, I guess. And it's just filled with butterflies. Could they hurt you? How would they hurt you? I don't know. <laughs> they land on your eyeballs. <laughs> but do they like? fly at you violently what do you mean violently like have you ever been in a bat house no i've been in a bat house at a zoo and they fly basically like it's not really them flying at you but they are kind of they don't like fly into you but they skim you really fast and like it's a bit scary i went in one with my nan once Uh very on the yeah you know what i mean we went on an adventure yeah and basically everyone just walked ahead and left us and we were there like linking arms or scared because the bats were sure. flying at our head but um you're waving a lit torch at but them yeah they're nice scaring them off of the flame yeah it's not well first of all you wouldn't even feel them going past you they weigh like a gram like they probably not even a gram yeah like they and they only really land on you. I mean, keep in mind, I went to this place a couple of times when I was a kid. I don't remember exactly. But I, I, I think I recall that they will only land on you if you stand still long enough. They're not just like dive bombing you <laughs> and like taking up residence. That's what I picture. On your forehead. <laughs> like, yeah. That's really what I picture, though, to be honest. But then I, now that I know more than I did then, I, I think it might make me sad because butterflies don't live very long. Don't, don't they? No, like some of them only live like a few days, I think. Really? Are you sure? So there's probably a guy they employ to just like broom. Sweep up the dead. Sweep oh, up the this dead is butterflies. Horrible. And that's what I'd think about. But if they only live a few days, don't we want to make them happy? Does it make them happy to land on a human? To land on warm human flesh with pretty <laughs> colours. They'd love your pink hair, Jesus. Whenever I see bumblebees, I'm like, they think I'm a flower. <laughs> they're gonna try and suckle me i'm a rhododendron to them talking of bats do you remember that photo you're making Uh, a face and i resent this face because you're the one what was it called you showed me this horrifying i did potentially unreal photo it was not unreal and i think we proved that i don't know that we did yes we did the jury's still out no just like on crystal skulls (laughs) how did they carve them how did they carve these meticulously crafted skulls with their 15th century tools? It's a mystery for the ages. <laughs> oh, wait. Historians have found out they were made 20 years ago. Yeah. I'm going in my history to find out what it was called. Oh, that's a, that's a, dark, that's a dark swamp to wade through. Your history might be a dark swamp, but mine is magical. I obliterate my I don't. browser history periodically. I have nothing to hide. <laughs> <laughs> that's definitely... An ominous way to say that. Well, what do you want? Your history is like cat gifts and no, it's not. That's not the only thing. Should be fashion blogs. Hammerhead bat. Yeah, 
Look this up at your own. Whoa. What? What the history page that it took me to? I guess you must have clicked on this when you were looking. Oh, I love how the blade shifts. A taxidermy two-headed hammerhead. Bat. Oh yeah, I saw that. I don't what think that's the real. fucking fuck? Yeah, so look up this this particular species of bat if you want to see something very disturbing, terrifying. Because Samantha, we're sitting on the couch as as we all want to do. And she just turns her phone to me again, as she likes to do. And it, she showed me this picture from Reddit. It's terrifying. Where, I swear to God, it looks like someone has shrunk down a camel's head. Yeah. Like a, like a shrunken head from an Amazon tribe and grafted it onto this giant bat. Yeah, it did look really weird. Like it has like a snout. Yeah, it does. Like a wide nostrilled snout. They are called mega bats. When sure. you go to the Wikipedia page, it says, also known as the big-lipped bat, is a megabat. <laughs> sure. Widely distributed. What a weird way to put that. And when you showed me this photo from Reddit, because that is a cesspool of photoshops and whatnot, I did not believe it was true, because it does not look like a real animal. It doesn't look like physically it would be able to fly. Like, it looks so top-heavy because of its big head. Yeah. But then we Google searched it, and I guess it is technically, it might actually be real, if you can believe it. It has a wingspan of between 27 and 38 inches, and its length, like I guess its body length, is 7 to 11 inches. That's not very long. No, but the wings are massive. Wait, it must be much longer than 11 inches. Oh, that's the wings, the wings total Oh, okay. Because the one you showed me looked like it was three feet long. Males are significantly larger than females. It looked like a toddler with wings. It did look like a toddler with a like a camel head it was and wings. Do you ever have you ever seen those like? It'll be like you know on Reddit. Hi guys, I'm on tour in Afghanistan. Look at what we have to deal with on base, and then they'll post a photo of like some insect that's the size of a small motorcycle helmet yeah and they're like this is only native to afghanistan yeah and you look it up and it's some horrifying bug that doesn't even seem like it could possibly be real it only lives in the most inhospitable arid climates it haunts your nightmares it tries to sneak in and attack you it's a thing of pure evil it's creeping me i'm gonna nightmares Okay, no more research now. Anyway. You've edified yourself quite enough. Yeah, yeah, they're real and they're freaky looking. It is weird. I feel like I see that a lot on Reddit because, like, yeah, I see, like, this this thing here is an animal that, like, hardly anyone knows about. I see that a lot. Yeah. Um, And it's part interesting, part terrifying. Sometimes they're really beautiful. Yes, that's true. But then most of the time they're horrifying. Yes, like the hammerhead bat. Oh. <laughs> Speaking of flowers, I discovered a flower. What um, a strange thing to say. I say that because I don't really like know a lot. I'm not someone who like can look at any flower and say that's a blah, blah, blah. Like if it looks like a rose, it's probably a rose. And if it looks like a carnation, it's probably a carnation. But beyond much of that, I'm not like. What about your botany degree? Yeah, well, that's fucking that was so 50 you could, grand gone down the drain. <laughs> that was so you could more authentically cosplay as Poison Ivy. You had to have the credentials to go with the costume. Yeah, you gotta. Um, yeah, so I wanted to 
talk about this flower. Okay. Or just really what is there to talk it. about? I just want to mention it. Okay. But now I can't find the picture and it's taken too long. Yeah. Where? The people are demanding an answer. They are. <laughs> this is the worst stalling of it all is, time. It is really. It this is. You know what's even but now worse? I'm determined. They're to not find even going to be able to see this flower. You're going to no, be describing it. But to they them. can look it up. What if they live somewhere with our internet access? How are they listening to our podcast? A plane flew over their hut and air dropped over their hut. Yes. I think an, you need to stop talking. No, they're an undiscovered Amazon tribe. Oh my god! Did you see that? That video of the guy they, they found in the Amazon who's who's part of a tribe that's like never been in Are contact with civilization. Yeah, they filmed him from afar. He was chopping down a tree. And apparently he was part of a tribe that was like there are still like tribes in the the heart of certain jungles that have never ha- had contact with actual civilization. Yeah, I know. Anyway, my point was a giant B fifty two bummer flies over a row of huts and airdrops iPod shuffles from back in the day. Because they're cheap now. You could buy them a book. Are they? And they're the only thing on them... They come with headphones, by the way. Oh the only gosh. thing on them is our podcast. You're really podcast. going a long way for this. Well, I flew there in my giant jumbo jet, so I, I am going pretty far. Think about the cost of jet fuel. True. I okay. Fa- the reason why it wasn't saved is because it's a gif. Sure. A gif of a flower. A what does it do? A gif. Does it do a dance? What is it called? Xenias. How pretty is that? Whoa. It looks a bit like, you know those... Um, Things that you pull out? The lantern? Yeah, the paper yeah, yeah. lanterns? They're real. And they're like, they're kind of like these glorious, like purpley, pinky, like with a touch of yellow on top. Um, so- they're so pretty. They're called... Zinnias, Z-I-N-N-I-A-S. <laughs> and then someone's put what type of zinnia? Sure. Someone's gonna... Maybe. No, please do not look any deeper into this. Oh, the okay. matter is, to my satisfaction, resolved. Okay. The listener can... To- continue and- on with your fucking <laughs> iPod touch drop. We're not dropping iPod touches. <gasps> First of all, they won't survive oh. the fall. Second of all, they're too costly to disseminate. By airdrop. But if you, like, wrap an iPod Touch in, like, loads of, like, bubble wrap stuff and then drop it on something bouncy, it's not going to break. What are you going to drop it on that's bouncy? How do they have internet in them? Like, <laughs> what is the internet? How high are you right what now? Is the... <laughs> How does it have, what is like, the internet... sounds What is the internet it? connected to? The antenna on the top of their hook? I don't like this. No, I just... You weren't listening because you were looking at flowers, like some kind of crazy flower lady. <laughs> I was dropping iPod shuffles and preloaded onto each one were MP3s of our podcast. Uh, okay. Because that's what they need. Well, yeah. Jesus fucking Christ. We would become the number one podcast amongst undiscovered tribes people. I feel like I say Jesus a lot in that I'm like, Jesus. But it kind of annoys me because I don't, I'm not like into that shit. So I want to change it to Jesus, but I think that that would be really weird. I'm <laughs> speechless. Are you though? Are you? No, I'm I don't never speechless. think that you could be. I'm loquacious, Lo- if anything. Loquacious. I like to be voluble. Soliloquy. 
<laughs> We're not just saying words that sound. No, weird. I know, but that's a good word. I don't do a. I would have to be alone. You mean monologue? No, I know what I meant. I wasn't liking it to anything that you were saying. I was just saying a cool word. Okay, okay. I know what words mean. <laughs> Fucking hell. That'd be a funny t-shirt to wear. It just says. I in, know what words mean. <laughs> in big block See, letters. this is a perfect example. Write it down. I'll write it down after the podcast. Okay. I don't want to introduce. I don't want to obstruct the flow. Obstruct the flow of your uterine lining. What is wrong with you? Anyway, do you believe in ghosts? Mm, I I think no because I think with all the like, look at this picture. It's clearly a ghost. Or like, no, I saw a woman at the end of my bed. Like, I want to believe because. In a way, it would be cool, but I don't think so, because I think, I don't know. I feel like maybe if there were ghosts, it would mean that, like, the dead person is trapped, because why can't they communicate properly? They can either communicate or they can't, and it seems that they're only half able to communicate, which makes me think that they're not real, because, I mean, it makes me think that if they're real, that they're trapped. Because they're struggling to communicate. Because why would you just appear and then go away? Like, why wouldn't you say something or, like, be there? Why can't troubled dead souls slide into your DMs? Yeah, pretty much. So, that was a loud <laughs> They're coming bang. for us. Isn't it the middle of the night? Oh, it's not anymore. It's morning. Um, <laughs> the dead have found us. Save yeah, yourself. They're come, all coming at once. A little zombie Rudy comes into the room. That's His paws hanging off. fucking horrible. Take a, that back right now. What do you mean, take it back? Take it back. It's not a prediction. I'm not foretelling the future mm. like some crazy carnival fortune teller. Don't like it. Um, yeah, so my point is, I think if all these people saying that, like, yeah, they saw ghosts or whatever, really I think it's like what they're explaining is like a dead person unable to properly communicate, yeah. which sounds really sad. And so I don't think they're real because... That's why you don't think they're real because you don't like the sound of it? No, I'm saying if they were real, wouldn't we have real actual evidence of it by now? That's the better argument to make. Okay, well, I meant that. I thought it was implied. Um, <laughs> sure. Yeah, so I don't really think it's real. Sure. Because I think when people say things like, oh, I saw something at the end of my bed, yeah, maybe you really did see something because the mind is a crazy fucking place. Doesn't mean there was a woman at the end of the bed. Like, yeah. I see faces in things, but I don't really think there's a person in the wallpaper. You know? Shout out to Charlotte. It's better if you don't shout <laughs> out. What's wrong with you? What do we always talk about? Hashtag read the yellow wallpaper. Hashtag get good. It's a classic. But yeah. yeah. Ghosts are not real. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I can't, I can't prove they're not real. Just like I can't prove God's not real because you can't really prove a negative. Unless you catalogued every single atom in the universe, you wouldn't be able to definitively rule out the possibility of something. But there's, I think it's better said that there's no good reason to believe that ghosts yeah. exist. There's no good evidence whatsoever. And there never will be, yeah. would be my prediction. And those cheesy ghost hunting shows. Oh, I used to watch those. The fact that people truly believe that. I used to watch those, not in that I believe it kind of way, because I knew the guy was throwing himself across the room. <laughs> but like... 
paranormal in activity a, style. This is entertaining kind sure. of way. Um, and it did sometimes make me jump just because that was their thing. Yeah. Let's make everyone jump. But jump I didn't, up, jump up and get down. I'm doing the dance. You can't see it because this is not video, but it was cute. <laughs> I can testify to that. It was very cute. I would sign an affidavit. An affidavit? I know it's a T, but it sounds sure. weird when you say affidavit. It's not like a contraction of affable David. I know, but it sounds like it is. Like, it's not like that's affidavit. his Get off of Get David. What you- are you saying? Get off of David. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why are you on top of him in the first place? <laughs> I'm not. The other person is. That's sure. why I'm saying get off of David. Okay. You're not smart. We've ran this right into the ground. <laughs> We've burrowed straight through to China. Let's pop out and you know speak what? to the Chinese. If you... I always say this to you. If I come to you and I say that I can, like, see something, like a ghost or whatever, will you believe me? No. <laughs> I'll believe that you think you saw it. You always do this. I believe you believe, which is that not w- that believing. That would be the best I can do. I. What if I could give you proof? What proof? Like they moved something or something appeared that was once lost or, I, I don't know, like something like that. I, let me say this. I don't want to sound like a killjoy, skeptic, rationalist. Asshole. <laughs> that's, a, that's a quicker, <laughs> shorter synonym, yeah. But I, I honestly don't think there's anything that could possibly convince me in the reality, the physical reality of ghosts. Not if you saw something flying across the room. Even if I saw something which, to me, definitively proved that ghosts exist, I think I would still retain enough incredulity and scepticism to think on the basis of Occam's razor, what's more likely that I, one single person, am having visual hallucinations, that I'm going crazy, that I need to see a doctor, or that everyone else is wrong about whether ghosts exist. But lots of people are saying ghosts exist. They say they see things and hear things all the time. So you're not one special boy. You're <laughs> What a weird way to pull it. You are seeing ghosts. No. <laughs> no. It's not lots of people. What by kind the of way. proof would you need? I don't think there's anything that could I I would have to have sci- a team of scientists. Okay, would what have about this? What if it was ghost like by proxy? So say like someone you knew that really knew you died. Touch wood, because we want them all to live. Or knock on my head. Yeah. Um I don't know where that comes from. That's another that's a little superstition that we don't that mind. We, that we don't mind, yeah. Um It's more symbolic. Yeah. What am I saying? Oh yeah. So someone that knew you died and I didn't know them, but for some reason they can't communicate with you, but they communicate with me. And I come and say to you, Oh, Jeff wants you to know that that one time you did blah blah blah, he blah 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 and I didn't know about it. So wouldn't that be some proof? I tell Jeff to eat a box of dicks <laughs> because he's not real. I would tell him to Go chow along. down. What would you do? I would tell him to chow down on a churning cauldron full of dicks. What would you do? Would and you I'm standing it? there stirring it with a ladle <laughs> because Jeff is not real. But and unfortunately, if... I now have to commit you to psychiatric care. But what if Jeff was real? Yeah. Yeah. If he told, if you knew something, I which, didn't know yeah, him. Okay, which only a third party had known. I, I guess. 
And I said to you, I think your friend Jeff is trying to communicate with me and this is what he said. And then I said to you something that you had never told me. Yeah, I think I would be inclined, I would be more inclined to think that ghosts were real. But I would still, I would never be convinced. Yeah. It would be something unexplainable that, but it's only inexplicable to me. Everyone, no one else would believe that evidence because... To them, they would just... They'd say something like, you must have yeah, told Yeah, you her. must have said yeah. it in your sleep. She Googled it. Like, yeah. it would just be... You don't remember telling her. She read your diary, etc., yeah. etc. So there's, there's nothing that could wholeheartedly, definitively convince me. If you came to me and said that you could see things or whatever, I would want you to see a doctor because obviously I don't know if something's happening. But I wouldn't, like be all i don't believe you you're crazy and they get you committed like it would be more of a like let's talk about this yeah and let's get some like you know we're in of understanding that you don't just throw someone in the loony bin because (laughs) you know if i started seeing things or hearing things as a person who has various mental health issues i think i would first think that i was going insane Perhaps I shouldn't put it like that. You know what I mean? Yes. Like you, I think there were things th- are worsening. Things are worsening, and I would. I'm not someone who's gonna. You know, you see in movies when they're like hide it from everyone. <laughs> like I'm not that person. I would yeah. run into the room and say, "I just saw a man in the wardrobe." Like, and he's trying to invite me to Narnia. Like, <laughs> I would tell you. That's kind of awesome. That is kind of awesome, but it might not really be Narnia. It might be the five levels of hell or whatever. Like, Only five. Wow, well, you, you got a good deal. <sighs> couldn't quite make it to seven. Um. So. You know, I would tell you, yeah. and then we would talk about it, and then go see someone. Yeah, like, I wouldn't like strap a straitjacket on you right off the bat and drag you down to, you know, an insane. But what asylum. would you do if, like, well, saying that, I don't have that much faith in doctors, to be honest. Sure. Because I was going to say, what would you do if you went to see someone? You know, they do like assessments or whatever, and they monitor you, and they say, come and say, I honestly don't think there's anything going on, like whatever. Yeah. I don't think I would personally trust that. Some people are very like, well, the doctor says it, so it must be. But I'm a little bit more like the doctor can be wrong. Because in my experience, the doctor can be wrong. Yeah, but we've had bad experiences yeah. with doctors who clearly are, are checked out. They don't, yeah, they don't know what they're they doing. They don't care anymore. Yeah. And not every doctor is going to be like that. And also, if you have a brain scan, it doesn't matter about the doctor. The, yeah. the scan is the scan. Yeah. It's objective. It's it. The, but things don't always yeah. show up. Yeah, that's true. It's true. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I just think I would never operate. It's like when someone is delusional, you're not supposed to tell them that they're delusional. I think you just saw that in a movie one time. My mum's a therapist. I know these things. But we did also see it in a movie. I did also see Where it. Where did we see The that? Leftovers, remember? Because oh, he's yeah. like... Dang, a, easy now. Spoiler alert. That's season three spoilers. That's deep, that is deep, deep spoilers. Okay, so... But I, I've seen it in other things. Yeah, yeah. Um, So I feel like it probably is true. Not that that's a good right. thing to yeah, don't take, to go by. Like, <laughs> Don't take psychiatric <laughs> tips from... It's probably true, though. Can you imagine shows? why it's yeah, true? Yeah. Um, yeah, so I would never say to you, no one's talking to you, you're being silly. Right. Like, I would, you'd have to entertain the other person to a certain level, because... Le- I feel like, let's let's ratchet 
it back a few levels because this is like as dire we, we, we've jumped straight to the most dire scenario yeah. where you're- i just wanted to basically say that like you know if i really think i'm seeing something i need you to be operating like you believe i'm i believe right, yeah. i'm really seeing, and that is what you always say to me i believe you believe yes. because i think in our relationship Neither one of us would ever lie and say, yeah. oh, I've seen a man in the corner. No, like, of course not. it would be a real thing. Yeah, I would try to handle the situation as empathetically and understandingly as possible, of course. Yeah. Where yeah. have we gone on this? So, well, you're right. We've, we've gone like a million. Let, let, me, let me pose this question in a much more mild way because I think that th- then it's not so much of an ultimatum. It's not such a a life or death thing let's say you got into a you know what like we were saying earlier where it becomes kind of a hobby let's say you got super into tarot card reading mm. and you it started to become like your main thing like yeah. you know you went on all these websites and you started reading these magazines you go to fairs yeah and- you start <clears throat> giving tarot card yeah. readings out of your home it just becomes kind of this like side project for you like this thing that you're interested in but you you tell me that you really believe in the power of these cards to foretell things Uh, what do you think is the right response from me in that situation knowing as you do that i think that's all bunkum it's not true whatsoever i think your response should just be like that's really great. Like, that's really great, baby. Like, <laughs> I pat you on the head have and fun say, fun kind of thing. Like, not <laughs> in a condescending so cool. way, not in a condescending way, but in an encouraging slash not condoning necessarily way. <laughs> like, you're not saying, oh my God, is it really? We should buy 10 more. Yeah. But you're saying, I can see this makes you happy. And for now, I don't think anything is bad about it. So, yeah you know, have have a great time kind of thing. <laughs> Just don't do it around me. Which is basically what I think I said to my mum. She knows that, like, I, you know, not made fun, but, like, had a bit of a giggle when she was telling me about this thing. You weren't mocking her. You, no. You just found it amusing. I found it funny and s- sort of not really believable, but, like, then said, just be careful, yeah. have fun, like... You know, there was no mean spirit. No, of course not. I did have to find myself in love with though, yeah. because both me and my brother were laughing about it. And I felt <laughs> that, that was a bit mean, or was it me and Amy? I can't remember. But sure. Um, but that's my mom, and that's the way we are. Like, I would never want you to do that to me because yeah. it is a different thing. Like, people invite different yeah. things, don't they? Like, if it was me, I'd want you to. Yeah, I'd want you to just be like, yeah. We each have our like healthy obsessions about things but not about something that doesn't exist there's yeah, something that's, that's not real that's just fictional that's just that's like, true. in the imagination like, i don't say to you like i want to go to the real fork so i can hope to see edward because he's real like <laughs> but you do want to go to that twilight festival yeah thing. i want to go there because it's cool and you'd be surrounded by other people who were into it, but not because I think Edward's going to come out the forest. Like, I'm not, you know. He might. Well. And he wants you. He opens his... He his, runs to suck his my blood. His teal peacoat 
And he's just naked underneath. It's teal. It's I don't, grey. I don't know colours. What is wrong? I don't know colours and I should not be ashamed. <laughs> or shamed. You should not be ashamed. Etc. He pulls it's up in his, his mom Volvo. Yeah, it is a mom Volvo. He says, hey, The first baby. one was not a mom Volvo, but the set, well, then they change it to like a fucking, we call them people carriers, but they change it to like a soccer mom car. I'm doing the school run. Yeah. I've got to have a lot of space. <laughs> got to fit all the tykes in. Yeah. <laughs> Face. <laughs> Sometimes I'm doing a, 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 a yard sale and I've got to put a, a dining table in there to transport. I need a practical car because I'm a vampire <laughs> and I have mundane responsibilities. <laughs> At least the first one was kind of like, sort of a little bit like a sports car. Like it was zippy and fast and like shiny and silver. And like this one was like a fucking... Just yeah. shit. It was just shit. It's because by that time, I guess they actually had to deal with Volvo. Like, sure. So they had to put the newest Volvo yeah. in there, and that was the newest As Volvo. But, like, kind of shit. Edward went online, read the reviews. He wanted a reliable four-door <laughs> car. But his, like, shiny silver Volvo was, like, a thing in the fandom. Yeah. So then when they changed it, it was, like... An outcry. What are you doing? <laughs> It's like the yellow fucking cupboards all over again. What's the yellow? Am I even going to explain it? But I want to know. No, because if you know, you know. And if you don't, then you don't need to know. I don't need to know. No. I'm sad. Was it yellow cupboards or was it yellow curtains? You don't even know. I think it was cupboards. I think it was cupboards. What a cool reference to make when you don't even know what the specific (laughs) thing is. I'm pretty sure it was cupboards. If Steph is listening, she'll know. I'm sure she'll know. If Steph's listening, hi. Hi, Steffi. So I do my... My cute Steph impression. Yeah. This is what... <laughs> Steph has such a cute voice. She this does. is what she sounds like when she's talking to our fair lady here, staring back at me. Hey, Sammy. Hey, Sammy. <laughs> Hi, Sammy. Sammy. And when you did that to yeah. her, she was just like, what? <laughs> hey, Sammy. She liked it. Hey, Sammy. Is she Mickey Mouse? No. You've, like, gone into, like... She's a cute Californian mom who's just trying to make her way in the world. She is. And occasionally she says... Sammy. 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 Hey, Sammy. 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 Okay, we've gone mad. (laughs) What is happening? (laughs) Okay. How would you want me to respond to you? Well, see, I have this conviction that I think I would struggle to... (laughs) I can't believe that made you laugh off the bat. Insane. I'm a victim of ridicule. I know inside your mind. You don't know. I would never ridicule you. That came... You would never Vin Diesel ridic me. I would never ridicule. I would never ridicule <laughs> That's you. my rap name. Ridicule. Ridicule. <laughs> <laughs> they also have some crappy word play, some yeah. pun as their name. Um, yeah, I have this... this belief that i don't know if i can put very well into words but i do i do have some limited degree of sympathy with that with that idea that we were talking about where it's kind of just like as long as it's not something super serious and profound like believing in like subscribing to a religion wholeheartedly letting it infect every aspect of your life that's like a really serious thing to do it has real ramifications if it's just, but if it's just a little superstition or a little spiritual inclination, I do understand when people say 
maybe it's not true. Maybe it is silly, but it's just a little thing and it helps me. So if you look at it in a utilitarian justification, it's a a worthwhile trade-off to make because it's such a small belief, even if it's erroneous, but it has this like outsized benefit on my life. I understand that. That's fine. I, I get it. But at the same time, I do have this, like I said, a conviction, if you will hold your guffaw, that something fundamental about our human dignity is dependent on us adhering to rationality, to believing things that are true, to not resorting to kind of childish half-truths or fiction to comfort ourselves. I think there's something important about what you believe throughout the course of your life and what it says about who you were as a person. It's not... I, I know in a sense it kind of all... The, the slate gets wiped clean. It, it's all obliterated when you die. None of it's written down. None of it's recorded. It passes into the, the cold earth. But I think there's something about what you actually believed while you were alive, which is an important cornerstone about who you were as a person, what you tried to be, what you tried to do, that I I think that so strongly that I'm not willing to kind of infringe upon that. I, I feel like it would almost be... I feel like you're doing yourself a disservice. You're not living up to what you you could be you're you're almost kind of insulting yourself but what about those people who just go with the flow they're like you know kind of like a hippie type person who just goes wherever the road takes them and like kind of loves everyone and leans into what makes them feel good and is like incredibly optimistic and doesn't need a lot of stuff and just yeah yeah of course i'm not saying look let me be so they don't necessarily believe in anything other than this makes me feel good but they also probably subscribe to some things that are not true in amongst that hodgepodge of different beliefs about the power of love and whoa man they also probably think about you know crystals and all that type of thing my I want to be completely unequivocal about this because this is an important point to make. You can obviously be a good, kind person if you believe things that are not true. Yes, of course. And you can also be a bad person even if you only believe things that are true Mm -hmm. and vice versa. And there's a whole spectrum in between. But I, I don't think it's related to the quality of you as a person. The only word I can think that really sort of gets that this thing that I can't articulate very well is your human dignity. It's like you're almost kind of degrading yourself by believing in infantilizing fantasies and yeah. fictions and semi-truths. I know what you mean because if I'm being completely honest, it is hard for me to be so pretty. <laughs> you silly. You gave me a long gap and I had to slide something inside it. I'm trying to... As is often the what case. What is wrong with you? I'm trying to choose my words carefully. 
sometimes it's hard for me to like think about being close with a person who for instance might be like really religious or really relies on like crystals and like blah blah blah. because in a sense I think it's insane especially religion like I have very strong thoughts and feelings about it and I know that like in in a way it is totally a thing that you can be friends with and like you know be close to people when you have different views on things but when you let it rule your life and God is your answer to things just like for the these people crystals and like spirituality or whatever is like their answer to everything no (laughs) I I yeah yeah I am from a place where like you it's like it's not I'm like it's not true I can't get past that. I can't get past it's not real. And even though this isn't hurting you. Yeah. Along that line of thinking about someone else's well-being and thinking about what's best for them, not taking this totally away from this judgmental aspect of you've got to grow up and like put all these childish things away once you become an adult i think even just looking at it in a kind of compassionate unselfish way where you just actually care about the other person i think allowing yourself and sometimes consciously allowing yourself to believe or subscribe to or obsess over things that you know to not be true or likely to not be true i think Although that often begins in small ways, like reading your horoscope or going to a psychic reading or whatnot, I think it's insidious and I think it opens something in your mind. It slowly widens a gap in your mind until it becomes a yawning chasm. I think if you allow, if you pull the lever which releases certain safety mechanisms in your mind like these safeguards against delusion and against mistaken beliefs i think you're opening yourself up you're making yourself vulnerable to much bigger beliefs down the line Mm -hmm. it starts small but then because you've 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 made that change in your mind i think on the one hand, you open yourself up to being victimized by con men, as we were talking about earlier. But you also open yourself up to those big, like we're talking about with religion, where if it gets its hooks in you, it can potentially have a very, very pernicious effect mm. on your life. It can injure your relationships with everyone around you. It can harm the way that you're able to interact with the world, how you're able to see the world. It becomes a huge thing. And a portion of people will never be able to go back on it, even when they want to, because they've spent all their life or all this money or all this time believing in this, you know, these crystals or these whatever, or believing in God, that when something happens that makes them question that and then they realise but wait, this isn't actually going to help me. But how can I go back on it? Because going back on it will make me a phony. Going back on it will make my whole life a lie. Yep. And so I understand that that's obviously got to be incredibly difficult. And people, you know, die because they're so prideful. 
like yeah that's the exact word to use prideful yeah. it's embarrassing to say i was mistaken but it shouldn't be yeah. because everyone is progressively less mistaken or they hope to be throughout their life which means that you have to start from a place yeah. of, of mistaken belief it's also about people the way people treat people because people aren't just prideful because of themselves they're prideful because of the way people react so if a person says you know what i've always thought this way but actually i'm realizing now that it's not helping me going forward and so things are going to change yeah. if a person then reacts to them and says what a fucking fake motherfucker yeah. what you have no just there's nothing about you now that I can like trust or whatever. If you react like that to people, then they're not going to say, oh, sure. okay, I made a mistake or, oh, I changed my mind, you know? Yeah. But you, yeah, you, you will always be, you will be like the continual deterrence for them to try and improve themselves and to try and reject the falsehoods that they've they've clung to it's like if someone comes says to me oh i'm not religious anymore i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say you're such a flip-flopper or i'm not gonna say thank fuck for that you were fucking crazy for believing in that i'm not gonna say that yeah. i'm gonna say okay yeah tell me about that yeah how like, did that happen as much as we say like oh a lot of the things we say can seem quite extreme to some people i'm never gonna just be a shit to yeah. you like Based on your not. beliefs yeah. or how you feel, if you really feel a certain way about something, and it and it means a lot to you. Like there's exceptions, obviously, to everything I say. My friend is religious, or she used to be like more religious than she is now, or you know, and that's sometimes difficult. Was sometimes difficult to think about in the beginning because there are things you want to say when it's brought up i want to say well no and i don't want to upset her yeah but at the same time am i supposed to put away all my thoughts because of someone else's belief no just like how she can't be expected to put away her religion for my beliefs sure. There's got to be some kind of middle ground. And the exception is, is that we are best friends yeah. and she has beliefs and I don't. And it is hard sometimes. The, pro the problem is, this is obviously not the case with Steph and a lot of other people too, but there are some religious people where you are dealing with an asymmetrical situation. If you were talking to someone who was extremely religious and they're belief in god and their commitment to some particular holy book was the the main part of their life it was the most important thing to them they held it sacred and you said something which disagreed with the truth of what they believed they would that would be unacceptable yeah. that would be intolerable to them they would be so offended that they couldn't deal with it but they could say something about your lack of yeah religious belief and it wouldn't offend you yeah obviously when it comes to like steph for instance yeah. she totally accepts yeah, that i don't believe and we just don't really talk about it right that's because because it's not she isn't one of those religious people who goes to church twice a week and right. like says things about god every other sentence like she's not one of those people um and i don't know what average it would be like if if she was it would be different i think 
Um, but so it's fine to not talk about. If she needs to talk about it, she can talk about it, and I'll listen. And just if, just like when we've had discussions like this with Steph when she's been here, or I talk about things like this with Steph, we can talk about it in a normal way where it's not one person attacking the other for what they believe or don't believe. It's just a thing. It's there and it's fine. Whereas I know what you're saying. The other end is I can't know you because you don't believe in your your sinner like (laughs) there's infinite trip wires wherever you say the wrong thing and you don't even know what it might be they're going to become so upset so offended that that, you know they can't keep your company anymore but like you were saying with you and steph if you come to a dialogue like that in good faith and open it's respectful yeah of course it's all if you have that civility and that respect and that kindness of not trying to disparage someone else then there's no reason why you shouldn't be able to strongly disagree about something mm. within, obviously, certain limits. There's extreme things. I usually am of the sense that, like, usually if you have completely different views with someone, I think it's more extreme, obviously, if that person's going to be your partner, yeah. your, like, lover or whatever. It's different. Um like, if you're going to build a family with someone, you should probably have the same views because how else is that going to work? Um, but there are exceptions. Yeah. And it's all about tolerance, like you says. There are, you know, people think they're better than you because they believe in something sure. that's we can't see. <laughs> you know? It's like that condescension of like, oh, I feel so bad for you that yeah. you don't. You don't have Christ in your life. Yeah. You don't have him guiding you. You don't have his hand you on your shoulder. You can't feel the power of these crystals and how... <laughs> it's like, okay, yeah. I can't, but I don't need that. Yeah. I, yeah. I do... I feel like now in 2018, that thing you were talking about where people at one time felt... They thought it would be so humiliating to renounce their former mistaken beliefs that they would just, you know, they take it to the grave. I think more and more people reject that sunk cost fallacy. And they say, even though for the first 50 years of my life, because of my upbringing, because of what my parents instilled in me, because of where I grew up, because of where I went to school, I kind of had these ideas and these beliefs drilled into me. But now I've reached a certain point where I've I've had so much time to reflect on it. I've had so much eye-opening experience i have a new perspective on it even if i only do have 30 years left of my life i want to live them as befits my new sense of what reality is and what what is congruent with my own sense of self-respect like i now know that this other thing is actually true and so it's important to me that i say that and i believe in that and i subscribe to that instead and I think that's good because now it's like you can find, you know, there's a there's a subreddit where it's like ex-Christians yeah, yeah, and yeah. there's one obviously for all of the different religions where it's like a support group of, of yeah. I turned my back on Christianity and now my family have disowned me. Yeah. This is my story. And then other people rally around them and give them kind mm-hmm. of emotional support. Whereas there was never that type of thing before. So I'm really glad that exists now. Yeah, me too. So, yeah. My tummy's rumbling. (laughs) Ah, man. You you know what really bums me out? What? 
talking about the dark side of religion, which and obviously there's a lot of facets you could go to, let, let to put it mildly, but those religious charities, yeah, where as they're giving aid to disaster victims, they're also proselytizing. It's like here's a blanket, little Timmy, but also here's a verse from Revelation. Yeah, I don't like that either. It's just when people try and pass off all religious belief as like somehow inherently benign or it's just it's really just the evildoers who twist it into into this kind of corrupt malicious form there are good people who are convinced to do bad things because of what seem like innocuous beliefs when you start saying you have to do this because of religion or you can't do this because of religion that's when it gets dangerous and then when it escalates from you know you can't have premarital sex all the way to like war like these are all the yeah religion is behind sure so much of that that i just I can't get with that. When people are dying for your religion, no. That's <laughs> a fucking hard no for me, yeah. dog. <laughs> what does that mean? If you don't know. I don't know. <laughs> On the internet, nobody it's knows you're a It's just a meme. It's just a meme. Sure. That's a no from me, dog. Oh, that does sound vaguely familiar. Yeah. But my, po- my point is, you can be a good person... And believe you're doing a good thing. You're, you're being kind. But you, you're you actually not. To take that example I just used. If you truly believed that someone would go to hell if they didn't know about Christ. And you also wanted to help people who their lives had been devastated by hurricanes. So you joined one of these charities. You would feel like you were doing a good thing by trying to tell these people as you hand out these food rations about the the good word you it's not like you're trying to be mean or evil you feel like you're doing something good but you're actually doing something which is but that whole like i i believe this so much like i really believe you're gonna go to hell if you have sex right now or whatever that for me is like borderline cruel and there's like a bigger issue going on yeah. Rather than just, this is my religion and you have to do what I say. Because, what the fuck? Right, sure. Like, you Yeah, know? I understand. Especially when people are militant about it and they feel like they have, they have this divinely ordained right to police other people's lives based on their sense of religious morality. So, yeah. Cool. You know, talking of the much more innocuous spiritual what's the word trappings i actually had a tarot card deck when i was a i kid. think i did as well i remember thinking i'm obviously i didn't believe in it even back then the power of it to you know tell you things but i really liked the art on the cards yeah me too it was so elaborate and so intricate and so such a strange style of drawing. Mm. I remember thinking that it's makes me think of the pre-Raphaelites. Sure. I I am also very into like witchy vibes. 
So sure. call me a hypocrite if you want. I don't give a shit. But, but that's an aesthetic. It's yeah, not a belief. But there's also like a belief that like, sure. you know, we're going to gather at the fucking equinox and like sure. dance naked around the fucking... Stonehenge. It is a thing. Like, yeah. you know, so maybe that does make me... But I am saying I'm into the witchy vibes aesthetic. Yes, yeah. I'm not into like... I had things like my mom would sometimes get me things like you know, spells, like Book of oh, Spells God. and stuff like that. And it was kind of cool yeah. for like a minute when I was like 11. Like, sure. you know. Yeah, that seems totally fair to me. It's not the same as saying, I you know. I give it the stamp of approval. Yeah. Is there anything else that we need to say? Is mm. anything in your heart that needs to leap out of your throat? Like I, a frog, like a little tiny feeling frog. A bit. Uh, I love you. I love you too. Uh-huh. That's it. Okay. That's all that's in my heart. Love. Sure. Pure love. You're a creature of double distilled love juice. What is wrong with you? <laughs> that's what flows through your, your veins. Sure. Now you're attacking my feet with your feet. Because they're cold. Cold little feelies. My feet are... I have bad circulation. I have cold feet and cold hands. Yeah. Even in the summer. That's yeah. Even when it's really hot, I have my hands are cold. It's like hot right now. I mean, it's only morning heat, so it's different to it's like not middle hot of the day. Temperature wise, it's hot in here. Because it's we, nineteen degrees. Yeah, but we don't have the AC on. Yeah, that's that's the sacrifice we make for you, listeners. <laughs> yeah. Okay. What are you? Off your Can phone. Can it be thirty-one on Friday? None of this extracurricular. No, we're making a podcast when it's thirty-one degrees. Yeah. That's 90 degrees <laughs> for people out there. Yeah, you'll get this next Ish. podcast as soon as it gets cool again yeah. in a month's time, whenever that is. Basically, when we've had several weeks of really hot weather and then the rain breaks the heat, that's when you get a podcast. <laughs> I bless the rain down in Africa. What? No one knows any of the lyrics. <laughs> That's that's all I got. <laughs> sure. Who doesn't like that song? I I. It's a good song. Yeah. <laughs> what are you? What is I this? I did a little jig. You did a cute little shimmy. Shimmy shimmy okay, shimmy shimmy pizza. Let's wrap this bad boy up. Okay. It's been a good one. It's been a good one. <laughs> Noisy neighbours. There's Not doors Not usually, slamming. but doors slamming. Yeah. It's okay. Monday morning. It is indeed. Oh God! It's Monday morning. <laughs> You've got the Monday blues. No. Oh, that shut that down right. straight away. <laughs> okay. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Your voice completely changed. I've gone into reading. We hope you enjoyed this episode. I'm like an, I'm uh, what's the male version of an air hostess? Is that a word? They're just called flight attendants now. Steward, steward. You fucking sexist bitch. I just don't know what the word is. Air hostess is what they're called. I mean, no, they're called flight attendants. You made me get confused. They're called flight attendants. Isn't it stewardess? Isn't that a word? That's an old one as well. They're called flight attendants. Okay. I just didn't know the the vernacular. I'm fucking schooling you. You are? God, I wish I was as woke as you. (laughs) We hope you enjoy this episode. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what was your point? You're like a male yeah. one of those? Is that uh, what Yeah, you like I'm, I'm doing an announcement. Oh, when they do the announcements. Please okay. put your seat tables in the upright position. I wouldn't know. I've never been on a if plane. If we crash into the ocean, we'll all probably die. <laughs> but if we don't, oxygen masks will fall from the ceiling. Is that what they say? 
They say something. They don't say that. <laughs> no. <laughs> Did you think I was being serious no, when they said that? For a second. That? What's wrong with They're you? They're not psychotic fear mongers. They might be. Okay. So, please share this podcast with anyone else you think may like it. New episodes are released about a month after the last one has... Like it used to say, like, one and a we half always weeks, comment on two this. weeks, three weeks. Yes. it it. I feel like, I hope that we are able to do the podcast more frequently in the winter months. Do you know what I'd be interested to hit now? Not because we're actually going to do it, but because I just want to know. Is if you... Cause You're a very our, inquisitive person. Because our podcasts are, like, four hours long. Are there people out there who would prefer <clears throat> us to make a four-hour podcast... And then split it into four and release it once a week. Not that we're ever going to do that, <laughs> but I just want to know if that's like a case. This is a mean survey to do. Is it? We want fan feedback so we no, can. No, I'm just being honest that like I, I don't want it so I can do it. I want it just to know. So why don't you just look up someone else trying to find that out? Or anyone who's listening can tell me on Twitter or Instagram. <laughs> find us at Otak. Podcast. Hey, that's my responsibility. Come on, this week. get on with it then. The thing, the thing I always think is, I, there are some people who do sit down for four hours and they record, as you said, four separate podcasts, each with its own yeah, intro and like outro. a pre-record. They're pretending as if they sat down yeah. four times. But for me, something I've realised is on our podcast, it seriously takes me like. 30, 40 minutes to get warmed up and to get into the flow of things. Yeah, I don't think I'm. Yeah, I think that too. I don't think I'm like, fuck yeah, let's go in the first five minutes. I'm to, like, you yeah. warm up. You it's have to like get the anything. Ball rolling. Yeah. And so if we were to to start to go from a to start again at every hour mark, I feel. But that's like- not what we would do. It's not like we'd say we'd have a topic per hour. What I mean is, we record our podcast the way we record it. I know what you mean. And we yeah. just do part two, part three, I'm not part doing four. That. That's no, silly. I'm not saying we are going to do that. That's was my whole. <laughs> but my question. point is, if we did sit down and try and do four individual podcasts, I feel like if an hour at a time, if each one was split into an hour. By the time I've got warmed up, we, it's we would, over. Yeah, yeah, the episode. But that's is almost, not what I meant anyway. Yeah. What I meant was, you just have, for, you find like a reasonable time to pause it after about an hour, and you say, "Here's this part is one. the least interesting conversation okay. we've ever had." That's what I was interested in knowing. <laughs> yeah, I get feel, on with the plugs. No one listens to this part anyway. Okay, well, no one listens to any of the episodes. Yes, so they do. This is our little wonderland. They where do we really. Can, vent our madness guy listening in pear blossom wherever is like sure thinking am i the only one who listens as he touches his nipples wasn't there any snow for some michael pear blossom there was wasn't there? So I, I remember that was thinking a long time ago it was really pretty he touches his nipples <laughs> while he listens to that, your voice i thought that one was gonna slip under the radar no i hear everything like a how far missile i'm a fucking flying too bat. close to the ground to be picked up by radar we in different directions. People My should, stomach okay. is like an empty cavern. It needs what? food. It needs food. Okay, let me get through a this cavern. and then we will be okay. done. <laughs> I'm gone mad. They're synonyms. I know, but it sounded weird. It's cavernous. But it, cavern is also a word. Whatever. Like tavern. It just sounded weird. Would no. you like to accomplish... Hello. <laughs> 
Hello, dear wench. Would you like to accompany dear me? Dear wench. Would you like to accompany me to the tavern for a tankard of ale? Are we in the 1700s? Should we do a D&D podcast? Even though neither of us have ever played Dungeons and Dragons before. You know what I thought of when you said D&D? Tom and Dean. This is... <laughs> okay, we need to like get back on track. <laughs> Say the rest of the books then. We're not going to explain what Tom and Dean uh, is. I watch Supernatural. Anyone who watches Supernatural knows that the characters are called Sam and Dean. You all know that my name is Sam. Yet for some reason, Ryan can't get the names right. And he no. always calls them Tom and it's Dean. It's not that I get mistaken. I jokingly w- one time said... Tom and Dean. And now you always yeah. say Tom and Dean. Are you going to check out what Tom and Dean Tom are doing and today? Tom and Dean are doing... Are Tom and Dean going to be hunting some demons? <laughs> Are they going to fight against the forces of evil? <laughs> Are Tom and Dean going to fight the witches and foil their plot? Ah, Tom and Dean! <laughs> What's Tom and Dean up to today? Etc, etc. Come on. My The one last thing I wanted to say is, when I see that people do 30-minute episodes... What's the point? I'm I, I do think to myself, I don't... I don't understand... Yeah, I don't get yeah, it. Yeah, I don't get it either. By the time... I feel like... I, I do have that those jitters and that anxiety at the start every time we sit down to record yeah. because I do have anxiety. I feel like there's always going to be as well that period before you start really talking of let's just talk about anything. Like Whenever I've started listening to a podcast and there's at least one other person on the podcast with them, they spend 10, 15 minutes just saying like, introducing them and like saying random shit like oh i totally got lost on the way here and like you know stuff that doesn't matter towards the topic then they do the topic for like 20 minutes and i'm like the other stuff where's all yeah like that was not my point well that's what my point was my point was half an hour is not enough yeah and that's why i'm happy saying we put out a four-hour podcast because that's what I would want to listen to. And I think it's important that you don't just do what people are doing, you do what you want to do. That Unless it's murdering people. (laughs) And then don't do that. In which case, that's a no-no, boys and girls. (laughs) That introductory chit-chat is like a conversational warm-up. I like that. It, It lets you flex your muscles... Your intellectual muscles. We do that so much now that sometimes we barely even get to a topic. Last episode, we did we not didn't get even do to a, topic. a topic because we have topics within our just regular conversations. Yeah. As the podcast, like when we started the podcast, I had such a, a strict formal idea about how I wanted it to be set up oh, and yeah. like unfold. But then, as we did it, and I, but that, I only had that because I didn't know how to make a podcast. But then as we did it, I found that I wanted it to be more loose and informal and unstructured as possible. Yeah. Which is why we lost the intro eventually. In fact, I was thinking the only reason we had that intro before the music on the earlier episodes where we say the name of the podcast and our names was because the original podcast art was literally just the name of the podcast on a patterned background. And it didn't say our names or show what we look like or anything like that. And because of that, that's why I felt like we needed... And, I, and I'd seen other podcasts do similar type of things. So I felt like we needed that introduction. And then as soon as we got the new podcast art, where it shows us and it says our names, I realized that that was kind of redundant. And now that all the episodes have that new podcast art, 
I sometimes think about going back and just... Yeah. Because now it's like a vestigial limb. You don't need that intro anymore. I also sometimes worry people are going to start our podcast from the very beginning and think, hmm, this is a bit stuffy. <laughs> because in the very beginning... <laughs> sure. A, we were like really nervous, but also we had that kind of stiff intro. We were stiff, yeah. And it was like, welcome to a, it was like an NPR fucking whatever. It was whatever. like an ASMR video. It was like a BBC2 fucking <laughs> Terry Wogan I get What a weird name. People will know if they know. You what? say that too There's much. a theme. There's okay. a theme. Yeah. So I think at some point I may go back, unless we did something cute in the to intro. To add into it. Then I think I might just go back and snip it out because yeah. you, I don't think you need it necessarily, you and you're not losing anything. We said the same thing. Maybe we if we ever like move, ho- ho- like hosts, we could do it then. Right, but yeah, I think I might go back and excise it from the old mm. episodes, just to kind of clean it up, and because I, I want. I want it to be, the presentation to be as clean as possible. Like, if I was getting someone to listen to our podcast, I would never say stop episode one. Well, of course, but that's for... I'd say listen to us later on, and then if you want to hear more, go back. Right. Because by then you know that we're not those, like, stuffy people. Yeah. I, I didn't feel like I was able to be myself, to put that anxiety aside. Yeah, it was hard. And that residual... You know, you have that, it activates that lizard part of your brain, the fear of public speaking, which in a sense, it doesn't, it isn't really logical that it activates that because you are just on a couch talking to each other. I didn't feel like I was able to put that aside and start saying things that were actually worthwhile or be kind of relaxed and fun and upbeat with you until we had done like five seven nine podcasts More that, even yeah half of the amount that we've done and to, up until that point that was almost just kind of you're just kind of getting into the flow of it you're learning how to relax i was like actively nervous yeah me too i've had like there were moments where we were like i'm really anxious and we need to just take a sec like it was hard. There was a microphone in front of your face. Yeah. It's weird, though, because it should... it Now, it's more like we are just how we are in real life. We are just like this. Yeah. But, yeah. Anyway, let's wrap Get this up. Get onto the plugs. Food is awaiting. Yes, it is. We should have a... When we finally do podcast merch... Yeah. <laughs> My tummy's rumbling. It's going to be like yeah. a pin. It's going to be... It's gonna, The T-shirt's going to say, Get to the end of the podcast and you can have food. <laughs> That's going to be that's our slogan. That's horrible. What? What? Why? Well, that's for another Like you're howled at gunpoint? Yes, it's horrible. And starved until you finish a podcast? Yeah, that's okay. horrible. You can find the podcast <laughs> on iTunes and everywhere else that serves podcasts, essentially. Or you can go to artatpodcast.com, which is A-R-T-A-T podcast.com, which currently redirects to our SoundCloud page. You can send any feedback. You're so cute. Or comments. I'm just going to eat you up. To artatpodcast. Scoop out your brain. At gmail.com. Eat it with a knife and fork. Please rate. Give us money. Review. And cake. Subscribe on iTunes, which really helps podcasts such as ours. We're artatpodcast on all the social media sites that matter. What is this voice? Which is two of them. <laughs> I could be one of those nature documentary yeah. narrators. Behind the trees. <laughs> Here 
we approach a family of bonobos. We've been following them for some time. Did you just make that word up? No, you're th- Why do you interrupt when you don't know words? That's the, that's What's one of the no- worst because things you can no do. Because there's no point continuing on with the sentence if I don't know what you're talking about. A bonobo is a type of... Monkey? Yeah. So I you do it. know. I knew it. You do know. You're just being obstructive, like the Democrats. <laughs> Hashtag resist. Hashtag make America great again. No. Hashtag Trump 2020. Hashtag I'm not allowing this on this podcast. <laughs> I don't sign off on this. You're not saying this on the podcast. I am cutting it out. <laughs> you don't know how to use Audacity. I can fucking figure it out. <laughs> I'll watch a YouTube tutorial. You just leave the last part in so they know <laughs> we've got something out. <sighs> okay. That's it. We're done. Me Get and you, out. we're done. This was my goodbye to you. I'm walking out the door. I'm finding some kind of new paramour. I didn't mean for this to rhyme. I hope our love dying is not a crime. I'm a poet. But only when I'm extremely exhausted at the end of a podcast. I don't like it. Your poem sucks. Get out. <laughs> Get out. They find that carved into don't my turn chest. turn around now. We've sung this before. Well, just Remember we were off. talking about whether is it... <laughs> Is it sung or sang? And sang. It, sung is like, I can't speak properly. Sang is, I know words. <laughs> he sung it, Daddy. He sung it for a whole crowd. No, he sang it. You ignoramus. <laughs> have to do the outro the outro get outro sure are you gonna take me to the butterfly farm i'm gonna take you to the butterfly show no don't <laughs> <laughs> it kind of sounds like a 50 cent song is it 10 years ago i don't want to do the outro you have to mm. you're contractually obligated to do it what do i get you get a salary bump you go from 10 grand a year to 11 grand a year that's not enough it's enough for the likes of you. That's barely enough for rent. But you live in a hovel. <laughs> <laughs> With your little mangy cat. You're mean. Am I mean or am I Next podcast will true? just be me, not Ryan. Four hours of Samantha. That's the new name of the podcast. Yeah. More Samantha than you can handle. <laughs> That's the, the tagline. Ryan's gone, bitch. That's what it's going to be called. Sure. No one's going to know what that means. They will if they listen to this It's going to sound like a murder mystery <laughs> narrative podcast. <laughs> Episode one, The Disappearance <clears throat> of Ryan. Hi, my name's Samantha. I had a boyfriend called Ryan. And then he left. This is the story of his disappearance. Yeah, is that the music yeah. that you're choosing? It's suspenseful. Slammy Doors. Slammy Doors is the name of my... Slammy Doors is what I'm going to rename it. My jazz band. It's just going to be me talking, then every 10 minutes, a slammer door. That, no one wants that. <clears throat> no one wants you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to the podcast. <sighs> Get out. <laughs> <laughs>